do not adjust your radio dial. You are tuned in to the Mark Order Podcast. Join the Mark Order. I'm a little offended that you muted my microphone. I heard background noise. I'm a professional. I heard background noise. I don't even want to tell you. I'm offended. I try to be professional, and I was trying to cover for you, so it's okay. I was good. I pushed my mic away. There was when I put when you pushed your mic away. That's when I heard the ambient noise. That's why I muted your mic. Go back to just running in. I'm not going to be your face starting to yell anymore. I'll not be disrespected by a mute. <laughs> well, it is Wednesday night, and you know what that means. It's the Mark Order Podcast here on the Shining Wizards Network. Uh, I'm trying, buddy. I'm trying. I'm trying to get that network thing going. Well, you know who to talk to if you need help. I'm the money bags of this show. So, uh, you know, you know who to reach out to. Uh, anyway, let's not waste too much time. Uh, Millionaire Matt's here at the top of the show. He's got a little bit of time with us. Uh, and Ryan Schlong is here right now. And we have Kate waiting in the wings because we wanted to do something a little different tonight. Because um, I'm probably the only person here by the time we get to Rampage who will have seen Rampage. So tonight, if you need to know uh, what happened on Rampage, you're just going to have to look it up yourself. We're not doing Rampage tonight. We've got more important shit to talk about, and it's mainly the Jericruz, uh that Schlong and Kate went on, but we are going to see somebody else says my mic sounds hollow, but Matt says I sound fine. How's this? Is this better for everybody? Do I have to be right up on it? Jesus Christ. I don't know. My mic sounds unbelievable. Thanks, Matt. That was not me. That was the Hulkster, brother. Oh, was it? Damn. I'm checking everything. Okay, here we go. Ready? Any better? Oh, this wow. Is- that actually is a thousand times better. Jesus Christ. Oh, you're fucking a professional, though. Fucking mute my microphone. Doesn't even know how to turn his on. Mine was on. I changed oh, one of the... the I changed one of the, uh, the StreamYard settings that I've never had checked off in my life. Uh, Ryan, anyway. you, got any, uh, you got any tan lines, Ryan? Let's see. Take off the shirt. Button. Wait, 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 wait. Hold on. We're going to get there. Oh, so delicious. Just so, just so everybody knows, here's how we're going to do things. We're going to talk about the Jarrah Cruise first, but we wanted to do this tonight, almost newlywed style game. So what we wanted to do is we want to have Ryan on first to tell us about his experience. And then Kate is waiting in the wings. She's not listening. She's not in the stream or anything like that. Well, she promised she wouldn't be listening. But uh, Kate is then going to come in and we're going to get her experience and we're going to ask her some questions based on what Ryan decides to tell us about. So and then we'll we'll also talk about the wrestling that happened on the boat. But we want to just get the experience from Ryan first, because this was Ryan's first time on the boat. Ryan, uh, 
Matt, you know, Ryan never leaves Philadelphia. We gave him an opportunity to leave Philadelphia to come with us to New Japan and DC. And he was like, oh, fuck, no, I can't do that. Uh, so I'm Charlie from It's Always Sunny. It's I, true. I gotta, I just because that there's that narrative out there that we don't invite Ryan to anything. Let it just know the fact he's been to a Grand Slam with us. He has. And he was at full gear in Newark. I do, though, think that getting to both of those events, uh, and we've done a couple of the Grand Slams. We've done all of them. I think that he was drugged and somebody had to drive him up north because he would never do it on his own. He is, like he said, Charlie from It's Always Sunny. Sunny, you've never even had a pear, right? Never had a pear, never had a blueberry. Tastes like sand, to be honest. Um, it's your spaghetti policy. <laughs> How do you like your milk steak? It's, it's behind that door, Mark Pirate. Anyway, um, so Schlong, we're going to open up uh, talking to you about your trip. Uh, for those of you who uh, were listening last week, Schlong wasn't here because he was on the boat. I had on uh, Kyle K. Sparks, who was a wonderful guest. And um, we'll look to have him on again in the future. But Schlong. Yes, Matt, before we get I, going, I feel like I was a little much for Kyle. I don't think he was ready for the tornado that is. No, 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 no. You were fine, Matt. <laughs> No, you were Kyle listens. He he was aware. Yeah, I came in like a wrecking ball. (laughs) Yes. Just like Miley said, you did come in like a wrecking ball. It's not about me, though. It's about the schlongs vacation. It is. So schlong, you left when Tuesday? I did. I I, like a smart traveler went down Mm -hmm. a day early in case my flight got canceled. Okay. So you you flew out of Philadelphia on Tuesday and arrived in Miami. In Miami, yes, Benito Aviami. Uh, I then was first, so I had to make a trip to Publix to get suntan lotion. And guess what, guys? Never used it. Did you? You went to Publix. Did you get fried chicken? No, what we got was later on we ate, and I had a Cubano. Did you go to the joint, the, the Cuban place, the very pop, the like the, the, the place that made the Cuban sandwich? Like No, we just went to a place that was by our hotel. Ugh, you fucking lame ass mother. And Publix I has it, great fried chicken. You fucked up on two fronts. It was walkable. I went to a walkable place. Okay. Okay. So he got went to Publix. He says he got um what, four thousand, right? He never used it once. Never never had to use it. Yes, Matthew. What was the gap between so you got there Tuesday? Yes. All right. The next arrival was when? Because you said you went to Publix, but then you said we had a Cuban sandwich. So I want. So to I got there. I got there ahead of Kate and her friend, probably by an hour or so. Oh, okay, that's not so okay. Bad. Maybe not even. It, it felt maybe I had enough time to walk to Publix, get my suntan lotion, come back and wait for them. But then their room was ready before mine. It was bullshit. You only purchased a suntan lotion. I brought everything else with me. Okay, I don't know if you got like a Pepsi Cola for the walk. I know. <laughs> Oh, you know what? You're right. I did. I did get a Pepsi Cola for the walk. But he didn't get the fried fucking chicken. I didn't know they had fried chicken. Um, Um, Here's my other question. Did you take a taxi cab from the airport or did you take a Uber? An Uber. Because fucking taxi guy wasn't at his cab. Well, I can tell you, did did the Uber guy have his air conditioning on for you? Thank God. Because I was dying. Last time I was in Miami, I'm talking years ago, like after I graduated in 2006, I went to Miami for like a a weekend. 
no fucking cabs used air conditioning. It was just windows open, 110 degrees and humid. And they're just like sitting there like it's fine. Like I asked to open a window and the guy was like, really? I was like, oh, okay. what the uh, what, what was the uh, you fly out of Philly to Miami? What's the attire? Are you ready for the Miami heat? No, I'm in jeans, a T-shirt and like a sweatshirt. Oh, you must have sweat like a pig walking to the pub like a pig. But I will say this for any of my fellow big flyers, as in big gentlemen, oh, yeah. if you don't travel often, so therefore can travel nicely. First class is the way to go, fellas. This you guy went, went first fucking class? first class. Well, I went first class. Well, to be fair, when be fair. I, when I went with uh, with the doctor on his bachelor party, I flew with him. Now we only went to Pittsburgh, but I purposely purchased myself a first class ticket, and he sat in the last row of coach, in the middle seat in front of the bathroom. Perfect. <laughs> Well, you can't You're be rubbing shoulders with common people. Come on. No, 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 no. And uh, I was much bigger at the time, so I'm glad I was in the first business class. Well, it wasn't that was my thing. I didn't need to be a fat guy in a, in a little chair. I was like, give me some space. Give me food. Okay. And, and it's, it's not happy. a long flight. It's like, uh, what, two hours? Food. Two and a half. Oh, I got fed. Like you, like they brought around the snack cart and they gave you like... No, I got grilled chicken, baby. First class, man. They were like, "Here's a piece of grilled chicken." They threw it at you. No, I had salad, grilled chicken. Uh, no, they care about you a, at first a, class. A brownie. A brownie. Yeah. That seems like it. That you know defeats the purpose of the salad. You should have had a burger. I mean, I, it was all they offered, so I ate everything. Ah, on the way on the way back, I got like spare ribs, and mm-hmm. I forget what the dessert was. Wow. Matt, when I flew. <laughs> Matt, when I flew to Pittsburgh in first class, it was literally one hour. You went up and down, and you were there. I had three fucking alcoholic beverages. I've made full use of that time. And when they brought the snack, uh, they had a basket. It wasn't a cart, because they're like, this is first class. We put it in a basket. Nice. I took one snack, and the lady goes, would you like anything else? And I was like, I'm okay. And she's like, you could have as much as you want. And I was like, fuck that. I took like four or five things. Yes. That's how they treat you. Anyway, all right. All right. So you fly in, you got your jeans, your t shirt, you walk into the public. We're getting our Pepsi Cola. We're not getting fried chicken. We got our sunscreen. Kate and her friend are an hour after you, and their fucking room is ready before you. And they got a fucking upgrade to a suite. An upgrade to the suite. Why didn't you get? Did they offer to house you and said suite? They did. I went up and hung out once they had a room. Was it big enough to accommodate the schlong and the ladies? Not at, for sleeping arrangements. No, the ladies couldn't sleep with the no. schlong? No. Could handle it? Well, I had already purchased a room, but the first room I got didn't have fucking AC that worked, so that was annoying. You never like to see your, your, your temperature going up in the room. Not in Miami. How did they accommodate said non-air conditioning situation? They, they, they gave me a new room. Did you have to wait a long time for the room transfer? I waited about 45 minutes to see if maintenance would show up. And when they didn't, they gave me a room transfer right away. Did they knock something off your bill? Come on now. Oh, these fuckers. Schlong. Assertive. Not only that, I'm on the 14th floor and it felt like it took about 20 minutes, 25 minutes to get the elevator every time you wanted to use it. Was it really the 14th or was it the 13th? Because there is no 13th floor. That I don't know. I just know it said 14. Did it go 11, 12, 14? Because then technically you're on the 13th floor. They're no, it said 13. Anybody. Okay. All right. All right. So, All right, so you're, so you're room... in Miami. 
the ladies meet up with you. Right. You go to some gas station and get a Cuban. <laughs> and we went to a nice place. It was called the Latin Cafe. It was very good. Let's look up the Latin Cafe. How many stars do they have on the Google? All right. It was the recommended Latin by the front desk. So it's got to be good. Oh, they had a concierge. Uh, was it a concierge or was it just the guy at the front desk? Just the guy at the front desk. It was no concierge, man. No, They're not no, staying in a fucking hotel like you and me stay in. No concierge, concierge Marie. No, we chose a hotel that was nice that was by the port, so that was quicker in the morning. You are how you say radiant tonight. <laughs> it's Christmas, Christmas Day, and you need to get your dry cleaning done. Where can you go? We're getting way off track. Okay, so you go to the Latin Cafe. You get a Cubano sandwich. Now, is this your first Cuban? Yes, it was. Are you shitting me, Ryan? You've never had a Cuban sandwich in your life? It's not my... I mean, it was good. It's not my style of sandwich to begin with, so... That's because you probably went to a shitty place to get a Cuban. It looks cute. It's like a fucking diner. You should have gone to a Cuban spot. We ate outside. It was nice. Eat outside. Yeah, Kate likes to eat outside. It's very infuriating. I heard about. Oh my god! All right, chill spot for Cuban eats and drinks. Is that according to their own page or what somebody said? Next to the car factory outlet. Oh boy, I mean, it's all together down there. It's like this hub of a thing. So you did go to a gas station and get a Cuban sandwich. Yes, I went to a gas station and got a Cuban sandwich. Okay, so. after the Latin cafe, I'm, I'm sure you hung out for a little bit. You had some food, talked, whatever. Was that it? Or did you go out and do anything that night just to see a little bit of Miami? No, that was it really. Cause no, no one, we had to get up the next day and all, no one really felt like doing that. Don't you have right. to get up? Like you have to get up tomorrow too. Yeah. I don't care about seeing Miami though. What? <sighs> Man, right. we would have had a blast. I'll I just, know that. Yeah. I'm all right. Okay. So, Everyone goes to bed at like 8.30. That's great. No, I mean, got to watch Dynamite. It was Wednesday, baby. I thought it was Tuesday. It was Tuesday. I, I'm off my. I'm off a day. We went down Wednesday. We left Thursday. Sorry. My whole brain's off. Oh, these fucking guys. <clears throat> Sorry, dude. I had spent the entire day responding to emails because I got back to work. All right. So you watch Dynamite. You put on your kerchief and your hat. Did you, uh, um, did you watch Dynamite with the ladies? I did. It took... Two TVs to figure out how to get a TV to work, but we got there. Wow, this sounds like a fucking. Did you not? This was the brain trust. What'd you say? Did you rate the hotel terribly? I will be, yes. Can you tell me what the hotel was so I don't stay there? Yeah, Hotel Indigo. Looks wonderful, really clean, just nothing works. You know, the funny thing is, Hotel Indigo was the hotel we stayed at up here in New Jersey uh, for my wedding. (laughs) And it was. It was pleasant. Well, down there, nothing works. It's Miami. Yeah. So that's. Did you listen to really quick? Did you listen to any Trick Daddy or DJ Khaled or Rick Ross? You were in Miami. That's all that I would have been listening to. No, I just no. Boy. So you go to bed, Mm -hmm. and then Thursday is boat day. Thursday is boat day. (laughs) Wake up. Have breakfast at the hotel. Oh, what what kind of was it? Uh, buffet style? No, the, it was like dining style. You had a, a wait uh, waitress. Really? Yeah. 
No working TVs or air conditioning, but they have a fucking wait staff. <laughs> yeah, that, that's what I mean about this hotel. Fuck this hotel. Do you have an eggs Benedict? Uh, I had. What did I have? I had French toast. Did you have, like did you have a cu- no Cuban omelet? What's wrong with you? It's not his toast. style. It's not his sandwich. Yeah. I'm not even sure if that's a real thing. I was just saying Cuban omelet. So uh, we we get in the the oobs, mm-hmm. and we go to the port. Nice. Okay. And that was actually really easy to get through the port to the waiting area. Okay. No horror story like Kate had last year where she had to wait eight hours. We were through the check line in like 10 minutes. Yes. If you had to put a number on it, how many fucking dorks had championship belts in the line? Oh, holy shit. Are we talking just the line or the ship? Because Jesus Christ. Just man. the line because I'm sure there were more dorks who put it in their fucking luggage. So in the line, I saw... If I saw a hundred, I'll just do it this way. If I saw a hundred people at that time, I want to say I saw go twenty of them with belts. Wow! Did you come back with any gold? You know there was a twenty four seven belt on the cruise that you could win, but I just didn't feel like running from people. All right, fair enough. Sorry, but yeah. oh my fucking no. Christ, Matt, on the cruise, dear God in heaven, it's a terrible idea. Twenty four seven championship belt on a cruise, mm-hmm. but I mean just the amount of belts on that cruise. So, Schlong, you get through the checkpoints, no horror stories. You get through, you're getting onto the boat. How was your, what was your first impression of the boat? Not enough hose. Okay. I was promised boats and hose. Okay. All right. No, it was nice. They, it, was a, it was a nice ship. I mean, it's an older ship, but it's a very nice ship. And we could go right to our room. So that was sweet. I was going to ask if your room was ready upon your entry to the ship. By the time we got on the ship, because we, we weren't one of the first to get like in the boarding herbs. So by the time we got on there around one, our, sh- our rooms were ready. So I got to go to my room, enjoy my balcony, which was beautiful. Nice. Where uh, was your room close to Kate's room? Two floors up. You were above her. Yeah. She was below you. Yes. I was right under the f- where the pool normally would be. But on the Jericho cruise, they empty the fucking pool and put on their, their stage and the wrestling ring. So my room was right below the wrestling ring and the rock stage. So you didn't have to leave your room. You could just hang out on your balcony and watch? No, I could just hear the fucking music. Oh. If I want to see the wrestling, I had to actually go up and watch it. But the reason I bring that up is if you were in my room during the day, you would hear the thud. If, if I opened the balcony door, I could hear it fine. But if you're just in the room, you'd have the thud constantly going over the music. Ah, yes. Wow. Okay. So your room had a nice balcony. You were uh, below deck, uh, right below the uh, the entertainment deck. <clears throat> and um, any other big stuff happened before you actually leave the port or fairly, fairly mild-mannered? No, leaving was very mild-mannered. There's no story... Yeah, no. Before we left, nothing. Okay. Okay. Anything else about day one? No, that's when I fell in love with the fact that you could get food 24-7 and there's soft serve ice cream and there's... Mm -hmm. Oh, it was amazing. I want to go back and eat. Yeah, you can eat good on a cruise. I know that much. Yeah, you can. Yeah, you can. So day one... Boarding, leaving, all that—that's all good. Any any events you want to call out about day one that you attended or anything you did? I mean, it's okay if you don't. Uh, I can't we'll remember. Get... They they kind of all blend. I don't think there was wrestling day one. There might okay. have been. 
Okay. I know see anybody kicked worth... it off, but we didn't listen. Oh, you, you lost out. Um, I don't want to see Fozzie. You hear a lot of Fozzie on that cruise. No problem. I'm sure, with you that. do. They have a great catalog. I agree. You hear a lot of Fozzie. It's the fuck. It's Chris Jericho's cruise. What do you want him to not? Wait, fuck? I think I think Kate might have been recognized on the first fucking day. Oh boy, I'm sure I mean, she has that. Your fucking goal in life is congratulations. I that fucking a, kill myself. Well, <laughs> Matt would jump Matt, off the balcony head you, first. You, I'm gonna say this, Matt. She, you would kill Kate about halfway through because she just talks to people. No, I would just walk away. It's very easy. I have mm-hmm. no problem just walking away from somebody. <laughs> Seen it happen. Gotta she go. talks to everyone. She's very even like not just people who recognize her, just people around. She likes to talk. So she's got a brand to promote, right? But I'm not even talking about that. I'm saying like the, the people didn't even people who didn't know who she was. She's like, hey, how you doing? What's I'm like, I don't yeah, want to no, talk to strangers. I'm out. Peace. Yeah. yeah. Now come scout. So All she right. might have got recognized on the first day, but those people were so nice. So I can't really complain because I really like the two that recognized. <laughs> okay. Okay. How's the uh how's the crowd? A lot of lookers. So what would you say if you had the ballpark the average weight of the fan or of the cruise goer would you say that you were over the weight limit for the boat or you were you know okay i mean let's just say i didn't stick out and that's a problem okay what uh what was the man to woman ratio bad but not nearly as bad as you would think Okay. A lot of couples, a lot of couples on the, the, the cruise. That's a, you know what? That's a wonderful thing. If you can find somebody who enjoys your same, like I could never get Rhiannon to go on a wrestling cruise with me. Yeah, and no, we, the, they're selling, they're selling, uh, the five alive. We can all go. I don't, Mrs. Money might have to get in to Rhiannon's ear. You know, I was going to save this for later, but I will reiterate this. <clears throat> Mrs. Money has said she wanted to go on one of those like 70,000 tons of metal, you know, boats or whatever. And I feel the same way about those as I, I do this wrestling cruise as much as I'm intrigued and would say I'd like to go on this wrestling cruise because it's something I'm interested in. Matt, you know, I'm also very into music. Yes. I don't want to be stuck in a place I can't escape with all of these people who are hardcore into it because you can't escape. And you know how people who love like heavy metal are it's 24 seven metal. I don't give, I don't live like that. I, I can't fucking take it. So I, I wouldn't want to be like that on the wrestling boat. No. So I will say this. Cause I, I was worried about that on my way there. Your room becomes an excellent escape. Yep. So get a room with like a balcony or something where you can just go relax. And it does feel like you left. And when Matt asked me about the crowd, it's an interesting crowd. It's a typical wrestling crowd where like you have somewhere you're like, what the fuck is this person? And then you have some that just look like normal dudes and normal gals. And you're like, okay, yep. I get it. However, everyone has spent a decent amount of money and everyone's oh, yeah. planned this for a year. So everyone is there to just have fun. You don't have any, like for the most part, I didn't run into anyone who was an asshole. When the fans are watching the matches, they're just trying to have fun with the matches. No one is there to be a prick wrestling fan, which was a very big surprise to me because I was expecting like to have at least a couple assholes and everyone seemed to be having a good time because I think at that point you spent so much fucking money to not do it 
to, to ruin it by being an asshole would just be like, what are you even doing there? Right. Though there was one asshole who decided he was going to be the guy to one asshole in the ship because he, he, he wanted to be the cool wrestling fan wearing the Disco Inferno shirts and the Vince Russo shirts and shitting on everything and just like, oh, you're an asshole. Uh, yeah. Aside from him. Okay. So, Schlong, <clears throat> we clearly can't go day by day. That'll take forever. No, no, no. What I'm trying to think of things that so we could bring Kate on that are Kate specific so that we could compare. Exactly. I saw um I saw Mr. Duggan on the Twitter machine. Apparently, you had some bad weather. You couldn't go to a, a island. We one never night. went to the island. Which one? But we only were going to one, and it was uh the Norwegian has their own private island. Yeah, the Yeah, so we were gonna go there, and it was in the Bahamas. And on Friday night, Jericho's playing his show. I wasn't watching, we weren't watching his show. And apparently he went up on stage and was like, hey, we can't go to the island tomorrow. The weather's too bad. And we're walking out to watch wrestling, and it just downpours. I mean, just – so things got choppy then. So, yeah, they, they had to cancel. So that's why I didn't use suntan lotion. Because unless you go yeah, on the island, you, you don't – Because so, the same thing happened on my cruise. You don't dock. You have to take a tender. And if the water is bad, they can't mm -hmm. take the small boat to and from the island. Mm -hmm. So I saw that on the on the Twitter from Hacksaw. Did you rub elbows with any wrestling legends? Uh, we saw a lot. So I didn't ask who you saw. Did you rub no, elbows? No, no. I'm, I'm that's patience, young child. Uh, I did. So I will say who I did not rub elbows with were two people I really wanted to. One I wanted to, even though he was there, I wanted to find Brian Myers just so I could tell him, so I could video him telling Kevin to fuck off. But I could never get him alone, and I don't interrupt wrestlers when they eat. And I saw Ortiz a bunch, but same thing. It was usually eating, and I was gonna get what picture for you, Matt. But uh, oh. I don't, I don't interrupt anyone while they eat. That's just yeah. a rule. Like Daniel, and I'll tell you what, Daniel Garcia might have been stalking my eating times because every time I was in the goddamn place, he was there. But rubbing elbows, I spent a good forty minutes talking with Luther. Nice, nice. Just at a table, Kate went up to talk to him because Jeremy from uh, Fightful. Told him, told her she had to because him and Luther are, are close. And he just came over and talked to us about anything, just bullshitting. He is the coolest guy in the world. Just a really nice guy. That was after he did the deathmatch panel, which was pretty interesting. Nice. You could have gone up to Ortiz and been like, hey, I'm friends with Matt from the Shining Wizards. And he would have fucking that, known. That was my plan, but I just wouldn't do it while he ate. Of course. Because that's just rude. So, like, I couldn't I'm get him alone. You. I wouldn't do it. Uh, Kate, I see Kate talks to the wrestlers more than I did. That's just not we'll, Luther we'll was the only Kate's. one I really talked with. We'll yeah, but I'm just Kate. saying, like, Luther's the only one I really talked to. She talked to Cheeseburger, she talked to um sexy Peter Avalon. Uh I just uh, she talked to the captain, Sean Dean. Well, now we have to ask if she told Peter she wanted to fuck him and asked him to go back to the room. Wow. Um, I hope so. Wow. Uh, so Schlong, you did say too, you mentioned the death um the death match panel so there were a number of like panels and sort of things like did you i saw you went to one about the belts um Coolest panel i went to the whole fucking time dan so lambert in, is actually like a really awesome human being were those the only two that you went to no we went to swerve had his podcast there and that was really good jared we did i think three two or three jericho shows because he had different stuff going on the whole time i, I just watched a video game thing so we did a bunch. And the comedy shows every night, because the comedy was apparently different every night. Okay. Which is unusual. But Brad Williams, Jeff Dye, Kay Quigley, and I forget the other guy's name. Just uh, 
half their comedy show was just roasting wrestlers, so that was pretty funny. Make it fun. Surprised they uh, don't. Surprised they don't try to get like a uh, Dan Soder or Dan Saint Germain on one of these cruises because they're huge wrestling. Fans. Well, that's Brad Williams. No, I know Jeff that. Dye. Well, Jeff yeah, Dye, yeah. too, though. Jeff Dye hosts a wrestling podcast with Freddie Prince Jr. Mm-hmm. So you had two big wrestling fans there. Um, fucking uh, Brad Williams gave the stunner to Hornswoggle. That's the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen. Can I... I'm trying to think of the stuff like because you bring her on because there's she. Oh, not to. I was a background player on this cruise. Let's just be clear here. You were I was just, go with the. You were fl- just enjoying yourself. Yeah, I was go with the flow. See, just just trying. I didn't want to. I didn't have anything. I was begging to see anything. I want. Yes, Matthew. I didn't mean to cut you off. What was a what was what was a day on the cruise ship like for Ryan Schlong? What time did you wake up? What was the process? Did you go oh back take some naps? What was your what was your I don't nap. I, I I would napped one time because I fell asleep on my balcony reading a book. Nice. But for the most part, wake up around nine. All right. Don't know why. Wish I could have slept longer. Then we would get breakfast around 10. Then we'd go our separate ways again. Just chill out for a little while. And then from about 1:30 till about 1 a.m., it was almost consistently like go to a show, go get something to eat. Maybe you have an hour to kill time in between. Go watch wrestling, then go watch a comedy show, then go gamble. So that was basically, so like from one to one, you were pretty much booked the whole day. It was a shit ton of fun. But again, I just, I just following along. I was like, here, let's just, the only thing I enjoyed, like I was like, I want to do was the comedy show after I saw the first one. I was like, I really enjoyed that. Uh, Rob Humphrey wants to know what book were you reading? It was a book on Thomas Jefferson. Oh my god! Um, <laughs> what the fuck? We're gonna pass right over that. Uh, <laughs> long do you guys hit any of like the clubs? Do you go clubbing on the boat or anything like that? Because it's wrestle, they kind of change that shit. Okay. So like all their all their entertainment was in like the atrium and uh, this other's place by the casino. They had this group called the Vaudettes. They're basically like. Almost like the Suicide Girls, it seems like. They go and do like a dance show. Shaw Guerrero is on, in it. I don't know. I didn't watch them. But like they put on a show every night. So like that's kind of where the entertainment was. So we would just go gamble. Okay. Um, and the wrestlers went and gambled a lot. The wrestlers fucking drank a shit ton. Yeah, they of course. Do. Burning calories. Um, Shlong, how about before we sort of wrap up your tale and then get Kate on here. How about... Uh, any uh, any grievances that you'd like to air? Not necessarily at Kate, but like things that you were upset about, or there goes his camera. Um, <laughs> things that you were upset about or displeased with that you'd like to call out because you're always so positive. I just would like to know if there was something <laughs> that ruffled your feathers. <laughs> The big thing I was going to complain about was having to go on the island because I really had no interest in going to the beach. And I didn't have to do it, so I got a giant victory out of that day. But you were going to hear me complain about that. Uh, Like I said, Kate talks to everyone. I kept saying it to her. I was like, you're the biggest fucking extrovert I've ever met in my life. She has to talk to everyone. So that I will lobby against her. And then she she had to keep getting fucking recognized. It's like a stab to the soul. Okay. Now, if you, if the trip to, if, if the island was taking place, why did you feel like you had to go onto the island? 
I mean, I didn't have to. Like, I could have put the foot down and be like, I absolutely refuse. But when the people you're with are going, you're just kind of like, all right, I'll go check it out. My plan was like, I was going to go check it out for like an hour and leave. Okay. But I didn't even have to fake it at that point. And that was more or less just to say that I stepped foot on, on in the Bahamas just to ah. claim that I had done it. Okay. All right. But so, I, I, I'm trying to think of, of actual complaints. Were the accommodations to your liking? Was the food good? You know what I mean? Like, was there anything? All that was good. Okay. The only thing I would say, um, hmm. 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 While you're thinking, I'm just going to say this. When Kay comes on, you are not to say anything about being upset with her, talking to people. If Matt is still sitting here, we will certainly bring it up at some point in the general conversation. So just, you're not to say anything. Okay. But is that it? Are you? That's, I mean, I got, like I said, I was, I was the follower along on this cruise. Okay. I just sat back, let Kate direct. And cause I had never done this before. The only thing I will say is it's true on a Jericho cruise. It's true at a wrestling show. Sure. People need to fucking shower. <laughs> All right. That's a grievance. See, that's what we're talking about. Ah, you gross fucking. All right. So Kate's going to be joining us. So Schlong, that's a good place to wrap it right there. Yeah, I, just I don't want her. you to say anything else to tip her off. But when she comes in, you can sit back and, and listen and we'll get Kate's take. And I'll let her know you weren't reading a play by play book. We were stopping you and asking a lot of prodding questions. Yes, so. I'm in my brain. I need to see. Right. I need to visualize so, what is going on here. Now, would right. you, before Kate jumps in, Ryan, would you do the cruise again? Yes, I had a shit ton of fun. All right. Okay. Uh, we're going to pull Kate into the stream now. Welcome, Kate. Hello. You are so basic in that tie-dye Bahama shirt. I bought it on the last cruise, so I thought, <laughs> I don't actually ever wear it, really, because it's so obnoxious, but it did feel like if I went to the Bahamas, I had to buy an obnoxious tie-dye thing, so... Um, I have I've had only this opportunity really to wear it. Yeah, Matt, there's <laughs> always one mark on the midway. Am I right? Did you, fucking, did you meet a man named Bavon? No, I didn't meet no, Bavon. No worries, no cares. <clears throat> <laughs> she married some scuba instructor. Um, Lord all Almighty. Right. So, uh, so Kate, what just... the fuck took so long? Oh yeah, my yeah, God! Hey, we had a we had a. We had questions for Ryan. We had to paint right. the picture. Me and Anthony didn't go on the cruise, so we had to visualize what was going on. And when you went to a gas station to get a Cuban, we had to figure out why you went to a gas station. Yeah. So, Kate, here's the way we basically explained. We're we're not doing Rampage tonight. This is what we're spending our first break on. So we went through stuff with Ryan. It took a while because Matt and I were asking leading questions. And Kate, I think, is frozen. Nope. She's it. Uh, oh, she gives uh, a shit. No, her internet doesn't work. I do. So does this does this happen on her other vehicles? This probably yeah. Yes. Probably no, it does. Not. Probably not. Um, I just want to make sure. So so Kate, uh, we said we weren't going to talk about any of the wrestling you guys saw. We were going to wait to do that together with you guys. But what we just went through was the experience, and we started with day one, like the flight down in that day, and then. Ryan went into the boarding and then on the boat, but we didn't do like a day by day breakdown because it blends together. So, Kate, let's start off like we did with Ryan. Sure. 
tell us about your trip down on Wednesday. Oh boy. Okay, can you hear me? Maybe not. Let me fix Somebody my else. Shit. Okay. That was exciting. No ears. <clears throat> you guys can hear me, so that's all I know. I can hear you very much so. Thank you. I Matthew. will say while she fi- oh, is she back? Are you back, Kate? Kate. No. <laughs> Somebody screen cap that. <laughs> I will say fucking interesting joker. side note while we're waiting. Yeah. The um Jericho said in one of his things. They couldn't figure out how to get a wrestling ring to like stand where a pool should be. Mm-hmm. So they had to hire an engineer to figure it out. And like they have this Whoa. floating tank and he apparently owns the patent to it. Hey. So he's, he's the only one in the world. Chris Jericho, rock and roll, baby. Pretty interesting. Yeah. Oh, I mean, it's better than the frozen person over Can here. We, like remove her shit. It's creepy as shit. I kind of like it. You before you fucking die. Kind of. <laughs> I kind of like I it. I like get to you, my pretty. I went to the Bahamas and all I got was this lousy t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, man. Um, That's what we get for making our weight. Uh, she was going to do it either way. We should have started with her. No, I'm actually glad we started with you, Schlong, because I think it's going to, to do well. So we're waiting for Kate to jump back in. Uh, we're talking Jericho Cruz. Uh, because uh, Kate and uh, Schlong were on the cruise. We got Schlong's take overall positive. Yep. Uh, oh, okay. I'm not going to say anything more because it looks like Kate is back. <laughs> she was All still right. making that face when she came back. Interesting. <laughs> uh, I guess you can't help her face. Okay. Um, so what I heard was false information about going to a gas station. And <laughs> so, yeah, I let's, let's start you're... with. Let's start, Kate, with um, start with your trip down on, on Wednesday. How did your trip go and what did you guys do? Um, trip was day one went smoothly from a logistics perspective, I would say. Um, Ryan flew from Philly to Miami. I flew with my friend from Newark to Fort Lauderdale. So Ryan was closer to the hotel. So he got there first um couldn't check in <laughs> and then <laughs> uh my friend elise and i arrived like probably i don't know hour an hour and a half later um okay. yes matthew uh, sorry i already have a question because we found out about ryan's attire kate did you prepare prepare excuse me for the florida weather or did you show up in jeans and a a, a parka like ryan did <laughs> i showed up I was kind of half and half. So I had jeans and a t-shirt and a hoodie because I do get cold on planes. And I had flip-flops on because I was going to Florida and it makes it easier at the airport to uh, get through security. So I was like half and half a little bit um, because it was it was pretty cold when we took off. There was like a dusting of snow Tuesday night, I guess. And then, yeah, we flew out Wednesday. Um I'll be honest. When I fly, I fly like a scumbag. I'm in gym shorts or sweatpants because I don't want to deal with it. I was very close to a sweatpants gimmick. (laughs) I thought about it. I had like kind of uh, a bit of an anxiety attack the night before, too. So I was like very out of sorts. But um, the trip itself went as smoothly as it could. Um, Except the, the... 
hotel was like new construction. It was beautiful, but it was like, there were a lot of glitches. Like there were, um, the elevators were out and, um, the outlets in my room were bad. And then, uh, I was unfortunately like up until we left so that I could have no Wi-Fi. um, not no Wi-Fi in this apartment as happens often, but so that I wouldn't have Wi-Fi on the cruise. I was like working through the dynamite, dynamite the night before. I was sending work emails that morning. Um, so we like the all those little inconveniences kind of caught up because I had to like plug in my computer over here instead. So it was a little bit annoying. Um, I did but get you- an upgrade. I was going to say, you did get an upgrade. I did. I got upgraded to a suite, which never really happens under my own hotel accounts. I have people that are frequent flyers in my life, and when I book through them, I get upgrades. But this was a lovely surprise. The room was, like, super spacious and clean and really nice. Um, I heard there was uh, not enough room for a schlong, though. Um, I mean... That's giving him a lot of credit if you're saying there's not enough room for schlock. But uh, there there were, I mean, there was two beds and a couch, but his room situation got straightened out eventually. He had broken heat or broken air conditioning. What are the other? Broken HVAC. Um, So he hung out in our room until his got situated. Room was really, really nice. The... Uh, gal who I was with is very short. She's like 5'2". And the showers had like one of those dual shower heads with the waterfall or those like attachment ones. And she couldn't reach the waterfall thing to, <laughs> to flip. So that was the only like weird thing there. The, so did you have to go in and help her? I was going to say you just reached over her head while you were showering behind her and just helped her out. There's already enough weirdos on the internet. Please don't perpetuate that I did that. But uh... weirdos on the internet. You got on a fucking boat full of weirdos. You're worried about this. No, they were actually, um, for the most part, people were definitely. I mean, wrestling fans are. You're always going to have some weirdos on there, but benign ones, like nobody that was kind of like ill behaved, except for one drunk dude um, who who didn't really cause any problems. He was just drunk and yelling the whole time, kind of. Like Matt, if Matt was no fun, like and was ah, just yelling dumb shit. So, like we went to there was like a Smash Brothers competition. Um, wait, 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 like hold video on, hold game on, hold on. or like the Bang Bus? <laughs> the you video game that would be a different cruise, I think. I don't uh, know. <laughs> but he was just like yelling at Serpentico about his mask and stuff. It was just oh god, shitty. So before you even get on the boat, though, your room. Yes. Definitely better than Ryan's room. Yes. Um, you've already said you don't care about water conservation, so you didn't shower together with your roommate. That's fine. correct. Um, and we did hear that you guys did go to get uh, Cuban sandwiches. We did. Yes. Not you at a opted, gas station. <laughs> you opted for uh, for something close distance rather than quality. Is that true? I would say it was a delightful blend of both. Um, the food and the atmosphere were very good. It was just, I truly like, it kind of sucked, but it did allow me to disconnect. I really was working. Like we landed, I got to the room, was working, took a break for dinner, got back to the room, was working through dynamite. So something that was closer 
was definitely good, but the I thought the food was really good and I enjoyed the ambiance as well. And it was recommended by both Google reviews and our um, hotel front desk people. So it was good. Matt, notice the one thing she didn't mention about uh, the meal was the uh, company, the ambiance and the food, not the company. Got it. So I paid for dinner, too. Because well, I'm a no damn chef, hey, hey, all right? Whoa, I took care brag. of my people. Okay. <laughs> my people? Look at you, Ryan. Wow. You're one of her people. Congratulations. She must have had the corporate card. <laughs> the Mark Order corporate card. No, had, no, no, you know no, no. What it was? I, I don't had... trust any of you people with the corporate card. That's for sure. They Smart. said, I think um, I got an upgrade because at the hotel because they were like, oh, we see that aunt money used to travel for work here during the pandemic in this great state of Florida. And he was a frequent <laughs> stay in the Florida region. So we will give you fellow Mark order an upgrade. I mean, so North thank Florida. You for that. North Florida. It's true. But... It's true. But they recognized. I guess. <laughs> um, I mean, Ryan, if you ask me now hearing about this whole dinner situation and paying for dinner, she probably said to the front desk, listen, can you give me an upgrade? I'm going to be front and dinner. Like that's the least you could do to help. You. <laughs> Am I allowed to speak? Go, go uh, just about this. Nothing else. Well, it's related. It's tangentially related. Sure. She may have paid for dinner. Who covered breakfast? Oh, well, 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 old alligator arms wouldn't cover breakfast, huh? Sincerely forgot. <laughs> now, I have another question, right? Yes. This this third member, a la the NWO, did she contribute <laughs> at all? I mean, she says like she got the fucking free ride of a lifetime. She didn't pay for breakfast or lunch at the gas station. Um, she did pay for I mean, I guess Ryan's kind of left out in the wind here, but like she she covered some lift rides and stuff like that. Um, oh, you went Lyft, no Uber. I did um as a gal, there's a lot less safety lawsuits against Lyft, so I feel safer taking it. Um, but I was, was just inviting it in Uber. I was like, please. Definitely a, a different perspective when you're a dude, I think. Um, but Matt, When we travel, we're doing it in style. I'm taking that Uber black. I'm spending the extra cash, getting the bigger car. We're limousine riding. You know, it's not a limousine. Get a limousine. Well, just, just bring a fucking <laughs> taser. Don't worry. Bring a taser, and then like when you get in the back seat, have it fall out. Be like, oh, sorry, I forgot I had this with me. It's also Florida. You could carry even if you're unlicensed. It's true. You think the fucking creepy Uber driver is gonna rat you out? You could be like, he tried to touch my fucking lady parts. He to touched my thing. breast. Uh, it was for those however... who don't know. That's a wizard reference. Anyway, go ahead. It was, however, um, my cabin mate. Her name is Elise. Her birthday was Tuesday, so this was kind of like a fun birthday getaway. She was my friend who came to, she was in Atlantic City with us. And it was, if you saw on Twitter, it was like the one year anniversary of that was shortly after um, after this. So she was, we've gotten to do wrestling things two years in a row for her birthday. So it was fun. Well, fun. So day one, we're through day one, and we know that uh, Ryan covered breakfast day two, and, uh, and uh, he said that there were no uh, there were no major issues getting through security and onto the oh boat. So that's good. much easier than last year, I gotta say. 
Um, and actually easier than the first year. I feel like they were very aware. So they almost like overcompensated all of the like, make sure your e-travel docs are out. And there's 9 million different things. Like it was all very expedited. Um, so that was a, a really, really easy experience. And even in the like, once you get through security, there's kind of a holding tank area. And we weren't even there too terribly long. Like we were group 17, I think. And they had just started getting people on the boat. And I don't know, that was probably like a half hour, 45 minutes. So all in all, probably a seven hour less difference than last year. So very logistically, everything was pretty smooth sailing. Um, no, no pun intended. But from both, both flights were easy. Um, and getting on and off the actual boat was, was very easy. Very okay. Easy. And so you get onto the boat. We did find out you guys were able to get into your cabins immediately. So that's good. How was your room on the boat? Oh, it was great. Um, this was like, they definitely, do you renovate a ship? I guess. Yeah. Like, so they, it was like a little bit cleaner and newer than last time. But Matt, they didn't have the fish on the carpets to tell you which way. It's the front of the ship and the back of the ship. It's but be, It's got to be an older boat then. I don't know what to tell you. I guess so. Or it seems newer. Like, it seemed like they might have just revamped it. But um, yeah, but they, the, the rooms They use are... those fucking ships for all those fucking wrestling crews, kiss crews. <laughs> they don't give a shit. They They're do hoping half of the people over. fall off the fucking boat. <laughs> <laughs> and they do not turn around. No. But it actually looked... Not that the last year or the year before looked tired but like the i think they had kind of like retiled in their the bathroom areas but they always do a really good job because they have people come clean your room like three times a day so everything was really well maintained and just like that balcony man is the most serene <laughs> place in the world it was such like a nice because it is like you do a lot if you choose mm -hmm. to so to have that to go back to is just like a very relaxing thing the only bummer was I mean, just no cruise director Mike. We didn't get any little cruise director Mics this time around. Did, oh, but we did get was... a, a gift, a beach bag, and a mug. Okay. <laughs> in. Who was your cruise director? Green. Um, technically, I think it was Ted Irvine was like the guest cruise director. Oh, good old Ted. Wow. Yeah, he was aboard. Uh, my sources are telling me, Matt, you have to jump. I do have to go. I have to go make dinner. It's dinner time. Okay. I have to be well, up early to deal with DMV. <laughs> oh, fun. Well, Matt, always a pleasure having you here. It's always uh, great to be here. I love I'm you guys. I'm going to miss you for the second half of this conversation because you were asking great questions. But listen along and uh, feel free to text me if uh, I leave something out. Oh, definitely. I will. I will. Very excited for our trip to, to Washington, D.C. and Philadelphia. To Washington. Yeah, we'll have to talk about that and uh, you yeah. know planning where we're staying and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, you guys have a great night. Enjoy the rest. Kate, I didn't mean to cut you short. Do you have any questions before you go? I don't have any questions. I got to listen, you know, listen and go. I got to go back and listen now and then I'll have questions next week, maybe. Sure. Very sure. All right, Matthew. Thanks for jumping in. Of course. You guys know where you can find me every Monday night. Shining Wizards Wrestling Podcast. Um, I asked Mae Valentine if she shit her pants. Uh, what was you that? sure I did. <laughs> no, I have no fill. I will uh I, I have expectations that people expect out of me i will live up to those expectations very true good professional it's true right, maybe not yeah. on this show but i don't think i'm a professional on the other show 
<laughs> you can tune in and check me out on Shining Wizards every Monday night. Shining Wizards is available on all podcasting platforms. Bread Club is a fightful overbooked vehicle. Me and Kieran are recording Monday after Kieran's 30th birthday celebration. So um, definitely tune in because we have a guest scheduled for that. We didn't announce that yet, but we have a guest joining us, so that'll be fun. And then, uh, you know, we're slowly approaching 100 episodes of the Mark Order podcast. I don't know if you guys are aware of that. Oh, we're aware. Oh, yeah. Just uh, it's a pretty big uh, milestone. And I'm happy. I've I think this is like the longest streak I've joined the show uh, since the pandemic. I think you're right. No, it's true. Yay. We're happy. I love you guys. I'll talk to you guys later. Love you, Matt. We'll talk to you. See you. See you. Oh, see you. So, Kate, jumping back. Question about your room. I'm glad it was nice. How would you rate the noise level in your room? Um, it was it was really quiet other than like you'd occasionally get uh <laughs> you would get occasionally get drunk people in the hallway but I know sure. what Ryan told you. <laughs> oh, okay. He was like right under you could just hear Quiet Riot was on the boat and you would just hear everything they were playing right under but the good thing was like you were mostly out of the room for the entire time stuff was going on the stage because you were either attending it or doing something else so I don't think it was like too negative of an experience for Ryan because he wasn't going to bed at like 11. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I would probably choose like I was on the ninth floor. I think Ryan was on the 11th floor. Like I would probably stick to the ninth floor just in case like um, because I don't get seasick. But like if you did get seasick and you're trying to lay down, <laughs> you just hear loud music oh, coming. That would be yeah. so miserable. So choose Ryan, those lower floors. Ryan, it's actually a, a question we didn't ask you. Any any motion sickness? Anything to worry about? None. And we got some rough waters there. But I felt good, good, good. good. You know who did not like the sea? Who? Sabu. Well, I mean, you know. He was in the ring older. doing a thing, and the ship did one of those things where it like drops a little, and he reached for that tell, rope so quickly. Did you tell Matt about Sabu? No, we didn't get there yet. Didn't we didn't get to wrestling. Oh! Oh, so, um, didn't wrestle, so we're good. <clears throat> so, uh, all right. So, Kate, noise level in your room was optimal. You got yes. upgraded, you got upgraded in the hotel. You are already leaps and bounds ahead of uh, Ryan solely for your accommodations. Whoa, 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 yes. whoa. Uh-huh. I had a bigger room. Thank you very much. Yeah, like a, it was like a foot longer. No, I had a bigger room and a bigger balcony. I mean, right. but you had a noise issue. Listen, kid, I need something. Give me something here. <laughs> so uh, you were closer to the food. <laughs> I was. I was one floor down from the Garden Cafe, baby. <laughs> okay, the food's a food's a great lead-in because Schlong said uh, he quickly became accustomed to the fact that you could eat anytime you wanted, and oh, they had everything you could ask for. Uh, food good for you? Food was great. Um wings at the irish pub falling off the bone unbelievable mm-hmm. fondue pretzel bites oh fun making it seem like arena food is something to be desired in a restaurant setting i will take any day of the week but what was really nice is we had one kind of nicer dinner at their like ballroom area which was really nice mm-hmm. and with people that i had met last year that were super cool um but what was nice about the garden cafe as Ryan pointed out was it's super close to the ring. So if you just wanted to, if you're like running between a podcast and you want to make it to the block of wrestling, you can kind of like just go in there and take food. You could take it to the ring if you want, 
we were, we spent for two, for people who don't really drink that much, we spent a ton of time in the mojito bar. <laughs> because yeah, that's cool, even if you're not drinking, because it's just a place to hang, you know? It was a place to hang. It's pretty close to the ring, and there weren't ever a lot of people in it. And the people that were in there were mostly like, that wasn't like a bar you're going at to drink. It was very, just like a very, very chill vibe. So even though it wasn't, <laughs> like we weren't like hitting the bar too much. It was really nice. Like if you had, there were a lot of times where you just have like a half hour between what you're going to do and watching wrestling. And that was like so close to the ring. So you could still walk down and get a good spot to watch. Um, okay. And like, it, it was just a nice, like little, a little decompression. <laughs> okay. And how about the, uh, the ship entertainment? All good for you. Ryan mentioned a couple panels that he said uh, he and uh, I guess you guys maybe also went to the uh, death match panel, the belt panel, the swerves podcast, anything else? Yeah, just um, those three were great. I think those are the only panels we did. I was blown away by the belt panel, not just because Eddie Kingston was on it, but um, yeah, right. <laughs> look, if you had told me like one of my favorite things on the cruise was going to be Dan Lambert talking about his belts, I would not have been like correct. Um, but he knew so much of the lineage. He had so many stories because he will just take people out who he has the belts of like he like took mm -hmm. Ric Flair out and wanted to talk about that so he gave Jericho his intercontinental belt on the ship which was pretty cool and then like Eddie Kingston such a wrestling history nut he was like I don't know if Ryan talked about this already but like he was super visibly affected by they had the Shane Douglas ECW belt like oh wow and the NWA one that he threw to the ground <laughs> right the so that was like Eddie Kingston was just talking about what a fundamental moment that was for him because wrestling had kind of gone to kitty shit. Like he was like, Doink the Clown was not something that resonated me. I was outgrowing wrestling. And then when that happened, it like brought him back in and look where, you know, who he is now, the type of wrestler he is. So that was super cool. I got a scoop from Swerve's podcast that I was able to pass along to Sean. So that was fun. Oh, you um, didn't pass it to us? Jesus Christ. I oh, didn't because we don't really We do don't break scoops. <laughs> There's a first time for everything. Well, next time I will message you that Swerve and Ricky Starks got into a scuffle after Double or Nothing. But that was really fun. And then the Deathmatch panel, too, was just um, super interesting because it had, like, Ruby Soho was talking about it from the women's perspective. And the backlash she got, she was super honest about. Matt Cardona was actually really good about, um, like, he goes and calls himself the king of the deathmatch, but he's only ever actually wrestled one. But he beat Nick Gage. So talking about, like, how he was exaggerating that gimmick. And then you had Sabu and Luther, who were under Onita's umbrella in New Japan and, like, super fundamental in developing this style. I learned a ton about Luther that I didn't know, and we got to talk to Luther after, which was super fun. Mm -hmm. Um, just a really cool guy. That's another good segue because <clears throat> I'll ask the same question uh, as Matt did. Did you rub any elbows with any of the talent on the boat? So Ryan did mention Luther, uh, yeah. but who did you uh, get to rub elbows with? Um, Luther was definitely who we talked to the longest because we were just <laughs> he was like. This deathmatch panel was at noon and he was like, yesterday I was drunk and I looked at it and was like, we're doing a panel at midnight. That's crazy. 
Um, <laughs> but we were talking hockey and video games and all sorts of shit with him. So he was the only one that we probably like rubbed elbows with. Um, I talked to Burger for a while. The <laughs> my, my favorite interaction was probably the Captain Sean Dean. I like okay. didn't know that he was he'll like like tweets of mine and stuff, but I championed him for his two and record against MJF. And a while ago, he was like reflecting on his 2022 and like tagged me as like, um, he was like, favorite things I did this year, beat MJF twice. And then like tagged me because of that. And he had said like, we need to get a picture in my I beat MJF and you know it shirt, um, which we were going to try and do at WrestlePro, but never happened. Mm-hmm. And so I saw him on the boat and he had the shirt on the boat. So the next day he wore it. Um, and I was going to go over to him and he was like, I was just opened my Twitter app to message you. And I was so glad he didn't because I didn't have Wi-Fi. The Mark Order account did. So we got our picture and it was just, that was such a fun moment. And then I ran into, I had like all these missions that I wanted to accomplish. The first one was I wanted to give Luther a hug. The second mm-hmm. one was I wanted my picture with Sean Dean. And the third one was I wanted to buy Pretty Peter a mojito. Ah, but okay. we didn't see him in the mojito lounge. Okay. And this was the last night. I was a little dejected because we went to the comedy show. And the comedy show the third night, because everybody was done wrestling, um, there were a ton of wrestlers that just went to it. It was almost like all of the wrestlers did everything after because there were no more autograph signings or photo ops or anything like that. So they all went to this comedy show. It was very like roast heavy and fun. And Ryan Nemeth did like a set Mm -hmm. and he was talking about the wingmen and he's like, right. And points to Peter Avalon and he's two rows in front of us. And I was like, Oh my God, this is my moment. But I couldn't because the only way to talk to him would have been to like jam up the stairwell on the way out. But we were going to go, I was like, we'll go into the casino and I'll probably be able to catch him because to get from point A to point C, the casino is like point B, but we didn't catch him. And I was so bummed. But then um, we're like walking up literally to be done with the cruise, like to go to bed and he's coming down the stairs and he recognized me. And I was like, this is what happened. This is what went through my Wait head. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Yes. Did you tell him I want to fuck you? <laughs> no, I didn't tell Jesus him. Jesus Christ. That's it. That's it. I was going to say, at the very least, that's how you should have called out to him two rows in front of you. It's just like, I want to fuck you. I want to fuck Peter Avalon. But here's what went through my head was mm-hmm. like, does he know me from tweets? Does he know me from Fightful? Or does he know me from various times yelling i want to fuck peter avalon he which acknowledged has now us. also carried over is jesse ozog in the chat he is yes he, okay, he wanted so... to know if Je- uh, ryan nemeth was actually funny <laughs> yes yeah, i'm gonna was. speak to ryan nemeth read a, like an apology like uh he made a joke and i'm not gonna quote it but the joke was like stupid but he made it pretend it was offensive so he read like a standard apology letter that just started describing uh like stepsister stepmother porn and getting trapped in the laundry porn so funny fucking hilarious so he killed it so the other thing was he did that last year on the same thing like at danhausen's comedy showcase last year he had the same bit so he came back to do it um super he was super funny Super, super funny. But Jesse Ozog asked me to play FMK with Eddie Kingston 
Sean Rossap, obviously the kill, and Peter Avalon yesterday. So now, multiple times a week, I'm just shouting that I want to fuck Peter Avalon. So he's got to know, because I think I've even like clipped it and put it out there. But it, when you see someone who's like, hey, and super nice and cool, you go to hug them and you're just like, does this man know? Like, does he know that mm-hmm. I shout? Do you know all he has to do is point to the room? Every and I'm making the F the FMK happen. I am. I am probably one of the few people to play that game and actually be within like a radius where that would be something that's possible, though. I feel like, right? Like there's not many people that actually get to hug the person that they would F in their FMK. So I you felt like that was something special. Like that's you bad didn't vomit. ask him to go back to your room? I did not. I did not <laughs> ask him to go back. I did though. So we had a wild night after. I knew it. I knew somebody would. Uh, all right, so you did get to meet Pretty Peter Avalon, but you bitched out and didn't tell me. <laughs> so, um, this is a, another good segue, Kate. You're sort of leading me into all the places we want to go. So, you had mentioned that a few people recognize you, but you're mentioning the talent, Sean Dean, Pretty Peter Avalon. Like, okay, we get it. Your ego and your head are that big, but were you recognized anywhere else? I had much to Ryan's chagrin, several fans. No, I'm just kidding. But there were there were a lot of people that um not a lot, like probably a dozen or so total. Mm-hmm. Like people that recognized me from um Fightful shows. There was one person that said they're not I don't think they're in the chat now, but they there was one person that said they watch us on Wednesdays, which was super cool. Someone you had mean, a where was I? You were Ryan. there. You just weren't listening. Right. She's not going to point to you. She's just going to be like, oh, thank you. Me, me, me. I get it. No, but our um, friend that we were with had a Mark Order shirt on. And that's how, like, that was part of the connection. He was like, I thought it was you. But um, Elise had her Mark Order shirt on. I think she had walked. Was I not and- there? I feel like you would have grabbed me if they said that. Call. <laughs> <laughs> well, she went on a cruise with two thirds of us. It doesn't so- matter. I'll call her um that's a whole nother we might have been on our way to meet you right i think it was i think that happened when elise went to the photo op for jade that ended up being ricky starks and we went to the um deathmatch panel so i I I think it might have been on the way but i think even if i wasn't paying attention you would have grabbed me and said hey someone for you i i think i would have um but it it was you it was cool. Um, it was rewarding. It was also very weird because I was like, oh, like, um, like I didn't leave my room without putting on makeup first because I was like, if someone wants a picture, I'm going to look terrible. <laughs> I'm like shoving my face with soft serve and stuff. So it did change things a little bit. And I I sincerely like love talking to people, but it is um, kind of exhausting a little bit. Um, so but it was uh what so Fuck so Kate, here's the <laughs> oh i'm yeah i'm really popular and important and you know that sweet wrestling podcast fame really gets to your head <laughs> well no here's here's, here's what i was gonna say <laughs> is we asked and we'll ask you the same question because we're sort of at the end but um we asked ryan were there anything, any complaints, any grievances, anything like that? And he said, really, the only thing is it was annoying that uh, I believe he said it was annoying that two things. That Kate was being recognized and that you talk to literally everyone 
it didn't even matter if they like knew you or not. You would talk to everyone. I don't know if I would talk to everyone. There are like, there's things that are just like inherent to me. <laughs> this sounds so weird. Like the uh -huh. way I was raised. Um, like I saw a group of people in the cafeteria who were like, they were playing a dice game and if somebody is in a group of people and they're looking for a picture, I'll always offer to take it so that everybody can be in the picture or whatever. So I like, I kind of have like a radar out for that. Um, I don't know if I talk to, I don't, she talks to everyone. I don't talk to everyone. I talk to them. And then I made a joke because there was a guy cosplaying as Jim Cornette. And I was like, keep him away from the hot tub. And then the guy who was standing next to me didn't get the reference. So I had to explain to him. Oh, yeah. That's when his girlfriend wanted to beat your ass. My God. She oh, gave Kate such a. So there's this guy and his girlfriend. And they're probably in their 20s. And Kate, I will say this. All she was doing was explaining the Cornette hot tub reference. Because it was a one-off joke. And the guy was like, I don't get it. Please explain it. And his girlfriend was... Me up. And so I told him. And and as soon as she was done, she walked away. But his girlfriend gave him, her, the dirty... I was literally sitting there like, are we going to get a fight on the fucking Jerry Cookers? Because Kate explained a cornet hot tub joke. Oh my god. I could have yeah. taken that bitch, please. They were yeah, also I wasn't worried about her. I was worried about hallway. her three male friends. So she was... She was just like a hammered mess. But I will say, we where we were standing... Did you tell them about the guns and how they were like? No, we didn't get to that stuff. I okay. will say. The, the guns watched every single match and played into heels and faces the entire time. They were yelling more nice. than any of the fans. It was it was really fun. <laughs> guns seem to have a great week then. Um, so. Uh, oh, and I got a Manny Petty. Oh, Ryan, did you get a Manny Petty? I slept. Okay. My only complaint was, and it's probably Ryan's favorite thing, was we didn't, and it's nothing that anybody had control over, but we couldn't go to the island because of the storm. Mm, so Ryan did say that was his favorite part. Yeah, of course he did. But wait, um, it was, it's it's a bummer because I would have loved to have done it, but they did such a good job of like, there's so much to do on the ship, and they added like an extra comedy show. Swerve did like a a small set of like his rap and stuff uh they threw together another podcast thing i think so they definitely like filled it they did an extra none of us participated but they had like a bar crawl where you could take okay. the mugs that they gave you and go throughout it sheeta was a part of it so i'm assuming that would have been hysterical to see that little girl like literally little um drinking with all these wrestling fans but uh so that that was a little bit of a bummer but other than that it was it's it's a really, really fun experience. It's such a nice balance of like getting to go watch wrestling and explore a bunch of stuff, but still like, I, I don't know. I felt safe the whole time. I felt like there were enough breaks that I could go back and recharge and not feel like I was trapped in any way or whatever. Like there are blocks of time that are just kind of a free for all. And that allows you to like sit on your balcony and chill out. Or mm -hmm. <laughs> it, when it was really rocky, I was like, I don't get seasick, but I am going to take a nap right now. Uh, <laughs> so it's. Of course, um, you felt safe. You had your big security guard with you. I did have a heavy with me, thankfully, but hmm. but it was really like it sounded like it. No, a, a wrestling heavy, you nerd. I, uh, but like, other than there was like one drunk guy who we 
was a pain in the ass, but like he wasn't even that bad. And I didn't feel like anybody else. There was no point where anybody else felt like out of control. Most everybody was well spirited. The match that's behind Ryan. Like, do you know the story with Jericho and Razzle Dazzle and how he couldn't get it over as a catchphrase? Yeah, uh, I've heard that story. Uh, and we're, I do want to ask about the wrestling, but sure. let me, let me pause before we get there. Um, we did, like I said, we asked Ryan any grievances, anything that he could, would complain about, things like that. I told you the two <laughs> things he mentioned about you, but he did have one major grievance. If there's anything for you, and we'll compare and contrast notes, but one, uh, I'd like to, before we get there, uh, any complaints or grievances on your part, Kate, not necessarily about Ryan, but if you have any on Ryan, we'll certainly take it. But in general about the crew's experience, the fans, anything like that, that you would like to air? Um, honestly, not really. Like, um, I'm trying to think if there was anything. Like, most of the people were good. Like, deodorant's always a thing at wrestling shows. So I'll say, what's that? Nailed it. That was mine. That was Ryan's. He said, people need to fucking shower. They do, but I will say, we were at least like in open air. So I didn't feel like it came up that much. But also, like wrestling fans are bad with that in general, but so many of them have an open bar. And when you're drinking that much and sweating that much, like people are just going to smell, unfortunately. So worst of both worlds. Well, go ahead, Ryan. Sorry. I didn't mean to cut when you, you would get in, like the outside was fine, but when you would get into either like the comedy show or a couple of the other, like where there was a concert, so that's when you would notice it. Like when people would come straight from like partying all yeah. day. Mm-hmm. Like, cause what I mean, I will say we were pretty good. Like, we would take breaks in between if if I felt like I was sweating. You know, you either shower, you apply deodorant. Like, you make sure that you're covered, so that when you go, no, not most of the crowd. Most of the crowd was. Oh boy, it was a it was a little bit ripe. It was a little bit ripe for sure. But uh, but yeah, other than that, like it was a, it's a it's a pretty smooth experience, and like the crew that plans them have gotten really good at this. Mm-hmm. So. It was super fun. My only other complaint was I did the only photo op I did was an Eddie Kingston one, and my picture came out unspeakably bad, like atrocious. Oh, we have to see it. No, now. no, I deleted it. I don't even. It. It, it, oh, come no, on. it's so bad. But I did get to think of for speaking of about mental health that he was very cool. But I mean, like, at least check to see if the person's gonna like the photo person who took it. Come on. Like I it was like oh I've been in that position like, before. It's so bad. It was so bad. <laughs> I've been in that position before. I went to see uh I went to see uh Shlong. I went to see Big J Okerson in uh at the stress factory a couple years ago with G. And uh uh, you know, I said to her, like, I just want a quick picture because like I want to tell him like I listen to his show and like you know, blah blah blah. And I took a picture and I took a picture for somebody or I said like, gee, can you help them? Cause you're the better photographer. She took great photos of these other people. And then he took some pictures of mine and was like, cool. Like, Hey, I gotta go like blah, blah, blah. And, um, you know, Gina was in the pictures too. And we looked at them afterwards cause we weren't going to waste any more of his time. But I looked at them afterwards. They're all blurry. They were all blurry. <laughs> I, I would like to say that I took good pictures for Kate when I had to. I took yeah, a couple I mean, for you her. were like my photographer for all my fans. Yeah, but, so. Fuck you. Asian Joe does want to know, was this the best Jericho cruise you've been on so far, Kate? Definitely better than last year's. The first one was a pretty fun experience because they had the live taping and the caliber of talent. It was like Hangman, Cody Rhodes, MJF. So 
Not that like Eddie Kingston and Swerve are two of my favorites. Um, the acclaimed were super fun. So this was probably my favorite from having had done it before. I felt like I knew the stuff I really wanted to do and stuff that I didn't really care about as much. So like experience wise, this was probably the best, but the second one that they ever did, the first one that I went on was just kind of like, it was so star studded doing the TV taping was such a special experience. I wish they would have done a rampage. Like you could have just easily yeah. done a rampage on there. But um, so what she's saying, Anne, is that what made this one special was the people she went with. That's not what I heard. That, that's exactly that's what I heard. Not they did. Uh, Jericho did put a thing out today that they're booking Five Alive. They're going to Cozumel, Mexico next year. Oh, are you guys aware. going? I think I want to for sure. Like Cozumel is so. also had, my favorite place that I've been. <laughs> okay. So I I think so. I would love for like more people to come. I know. I will say that, that a um, couple people asked in the chat, not just us, but just chat for in general. First of all, I'm trying to get more of our friends to go, but in the chat too, if you. You should go if you think you if you're like if you like wrestling and you think you like a cruise. It's a fucking good time. It really is. It it really is because it just everything that you'd have a hesitation about. I feel like they really addressed of like it's too overwhelming. The people are too much. Like it it feels like you're still on a vacation. Like I felt like I came back other than being a little bit sick. Like definitely came back relaxed. But it it's such an easy what you make of an experience. If there's a bunch of shit you want to skip, you could just go to the casino or hang out on your balcony or whatever. Like it's a really, really well curated experience and you can just make what you want of it. It's so much fun. Well, sounds sound like a fucking commercial. Jesus. And the wrestling <laughs> is fucking fun on the cruise. Oh, yeah. I do want to just touch on some of the wrestling. I know we've been going for a while, but um, I do want to touch on some of the wrestling. So the big, the big like picture, like that came out was Jericho Housen. Like that was some of the big stuff over the, over the cruise that came out, but there was some other stuff that I saw uh, in passing, like, and a lot of, a lot of like videos and stuff are coming out now. Like there was a, a bunch of Bowens and caster stuff, you know, that they sort of put out there um what were some of the things you guys want to call out uh about the wrestling anything in particular so the jericho housing thing was great because as kate was starting to explain he apparently had the, the one panel of jericho's we didn't see he was talking to the hacks all about the catchphrases he couldn't get over one was razzle dazzle and the other was get it got it good well the fans on this cruise were well aware of this so jericho housing's catchphrases <laughs> were razzle dazzle and get it got it good mm-hmm. and he would get on the mic doing his best Dan Housen, which was not great. And well, explain. he also had no voice. Like his yeah, voice, none. because he credit to him, man. Between Fozzie and the podcasts, and he'll jump out. He jumped on stage with Quiet Riot. He jumped on stage mm-hmm. with every other smaller band, and he wrestled. Like he had no voice anyway. And then to try and do a Dan Housen impression when you have no voice is hysterical. So, um, but yeah, that that was a, a super fun moment for sure. Actually, you said something really interesting there. Quiet Riot was on the boat. Quiet Riot mm-hmm. was on the boat. Yeah, they're pretty good Aren't considering. Like of those, two of uh, those founding members are dead. They sure are. The I think it was the singer and the drummer barely yep. hanging on there. Oh my god! Whoever they got to replace the singer does a good job, though. Yeah, they they're pretty good considering like what they're up against. I would say on the Acclaims are the most consistently fun, by the way. I mean, I'm sure. On a side note, just for you guys and anybody listening, there is a fantastic quiet riot documentary out there about 
um, like the band, it, obviously uh, it's a little dated now because I think the drummer, the original drummer for that band is now dead. Um, yes. But um, it was around when they were sort of looking for a new singer. Um, it might even be called Come On, Feel the Noise. I don't know. but I think it is. Yeah. The, if you've never seen it, it's fucking fantastic because they're looking for a new singer. And like they get this one guy who is literally a house painter. He was painting exteriors of houses and then like they get him to do this thing. And he's just like, yeah, man, like it's so much fun. Like, I think I'm in, like, I think I was a little pitchy in this part, but like, man, I'm just having such a good time. And then they show the band later and they're like, this fucking guy forgot the fucking words. Like they're so pissed off at him. And this guy's just like, <laughs> I'm having so much fun. I don't like, think I'm a house painter. I don't give yeah, a shit. it didn't fucking work. But uh, it, it was a fantastic documentary. Anyway, let's get back to the wrestling. The acclaims were a lot of fun. Jericho Housen looked like it was fantastic. What else? Um, so Jericho Housen too. So last year it was like Jericho and Orange Cassidy tagged. I think this is going to be like the hallmark of these cruises is like Jericho will pick the most gimmicky over babyface and adopt mm-hmm. it. His cape said very nice, very Ocho. That was hilarious. Night one, the acclaimed, the the guy that dresses up as Jesus and the guy that dresses up at Scooby-Doo at all the Texas shows were both there. So Anthony Bowen scissored Jesus. Later, Jake Hager got a Jesus hates you chant, which was pretty great because Jesus refused to shake his hand and by the way, sold it very uh, macho man Hulk Hogan-y. But the last block of wrestling, I guess we could just like quickly recap because that pretty much was like the bread and butter of what this was. So like last night of the cruise, weather's not bad, but not great. Nobody's trying to fill up their bump cards, right? So we're we're getting a lot of silly matches. We saw in the same block of wrestling, um, the acclaimed versus cool hand and Daniel Garcia. And before they started wrestling, they were playing rock, paper, scissors and (laughs) Garcia and cool hand never thought to choose rock. And they kept, they kept thinking about it and they would be like, uh, paper. And of course the acclaim was putting out scissors, which right. was hilarious. And uh, they'd be calling it to each other on the side. Being like, they were like, I think, time. I think paper. Also time. Max so, Caster rapped about, made a very, not even bad benign. line about Garcia's mom, very benign line about Garcia's mom. Garcia sold it. Like it was the most insulting, awful thing he's ever heard. First. He just stares angrily. And then he goes in the corner and just puts his head down. Like he's a pouting child. Like for the entire the like first part of the match, and his mom was legitimately on the cruise, which was hilarious. <laughs> yeah, he took his mom. Oh. She uh, like said, "I saw them eat so much; it's ridiculous." I saw them. They were on separate floors, and I was in the elevator with Daniel Garcia's mom. And Daniel Garcia, <laughs> the doors are open, and he goes, "Mom, walks <laughs> out <laughs> like a little kid." It was so funny. Mm. Um, later in that same block of wrestling, it was Jake Hager versus Ricky Starks. His theme hits. It's super over, right? He takes Cornette's tennis racket, the guy cosplaying as Cornette, playing it as the guitar, gets in the ring, rolls up Jake. No, Hager. steal somebody else's bucket hat first. Steal somebody else's bucket hat. Nice. Rolls up Jake Hager in two seconds. Music hits. He's back up the ramp, and Daddy Magic is like, no, 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 no. Jake Hager wasn't ready. His shirt was still buttoned. <laughs> Clearly, he wasn't ready for this match. So they restart the match. Ricky's still in his bucket hat, rolls him up again in two seconds, and Matt Menard's, no, 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 these fellas both had their hats on. They're not ready for this match. Um, and then they, the third time, start the match, and 
I, they like kind of threw the ref into a destroyer or something for the finish. Like Ricky Starks did no work in the best way possible. It's oh like, yeah, he he um he threw the ref to do the Canadian something. destroyer. It was, it was really Canadian funny. destroyer, right? So that was super funny. And then uh, you had Jericho Housen in that same block. You got some man. Sheeta is beautiful in person, by the way. She was gorgeous. But you had her and Willow put on some really fun matches. Willow ran a drunk spelling bee as well. Um, but it was a lot of really, we were like talking about it. We were like, I don't know if Tony would love this or hate this because a cruise is the perfect place for this type of wrestling. But it was the silliest wrestling. Peter Avalon came out in his hotel robe and with a drink nice. and was like selling that he was still drunk from the night before. And, and then the next day he there. came out hungover. <laughs> <laughs> so Ortiz, he was like, I brought a weapon, a lethal weapon. Uh what are the, I'm I'm terrible with this. A a chancla, I guess. The It's just a sandal. It's just a sandal, but Hispanic families call it a I think a I think it's a chancla. Um no idea. But it's yeah. like what Hispanic mothers will whip your ass with when you're a kid. <laughs> and so he's like psyching out Ortiz with that. And the next day he comes out hungover and he's like <laughs> like, I've been drinking all day trying to get rid of this hangover. I don't know what's wrong with me. <laughs> and uh, Kaz comes down and he was like, we can skip this match. I'll do a shot with you right now. And he was like, I would never toast to you, Frankie Kazarian, or share alcohol with you. So they have a match and he's like selling that he's going to throw up the whole way up the ramp. It's It was such just feel good, fun blocks of wrestling with some good matches in there too. But like. That last night closing it out was the silliest damn block of wrestling I've ever seen. A rock, paper, scissors match with the acclaimed where nobody puts out rock is is hilarious. So a couple uh, random observations. Yeah. Nyla Boot. So someone on there's a lot of Philly fans on that cruise. There were. Uh, so someone I had a Sixer shirt on, someone cheered the Sixers. So Nyla being the person she is walks up, boo Sixers. And I <laughs> fake offended. She's like, I have to choose the opposite. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Satnam Singh is huge. Yeah, man. I saw him in Atlantic City in the fucking. Do you remember uh, where we stayed uh, at the trap in the in the French in the quarter? Yeah. yeah, there's that little there's that little pizza shop. I saw him in that pizza shop. Yeah, he ducked to get in oh, and then stood up, and he was like inches from the ceiling. He had a duck to get in a lot of places, but he was in the elevator with me. So, like, I got, like, the comparison. And truthfully, like, a lot of those guys, they're big, but they're not, like, so big. They're, like, oh, like, he was one where I was, like, oh, he's massive. Shit. He's How a guy who can't, walk? he can't hide in plain sight. No. no. He can never hide. That's the worst part. He was on, the karaoke was on the highest part of the ship, and... I went to check it out, but it was like super rocky and the vibe in there. I didn't get to see Eddie Kingston sing hello as is circulating on social media right now. But um, he walked in there and he immediately was like, nah, man, my center of gravity is so damn high. <laughs> 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 I'm out. Um, Wardlow was like unbelievably over. He found a kid on a parent's shoulders and made that kid's life. Like it was, it was really. He had the time of his life. He was so open to people going up to him and being like, like he seemed to genuinely appreciate everyone talking to him. I had to laugh. Luther was telling us that Serpentico would go around without his mask. So people would be talking to Luther and have no idea that Serpentico was <laughs> sitting right next to him. <laughs> That's fantastic. He referred to him as his handler several times, which pops me. Uh <laughs> That's great. 
but a, a, a really, 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 really fun time. Eddie Kingston, I got to stand super close to for his match. And somebody was like, yelled out a part of White Plains, and he was like, too much cocaine over there. <laughs> like, just walking with <laughs> oh, people. That, so, so great. That's actually pretty funny. In that match, the microphone kept breaking. So, cool hand Ange elbow dropped a microphone. Mm-hmm. And Eddie Kingston's just like, literally, what the fuck are we doing? Like, he literally just said this. We're like, what? what, what? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, well, I saw Jake like... Hager everywhere too. Oh, yeah, Hager was all hat. around everywhere. Yeah, he was all the wear the hat. Yeah. Fuck it, had the whole time. Gotta wear a lot hat. of people in costumes, like not just wrestling costumes, just costumes. A banana. There was a guy dressed as a banana for no reason. No. It's no. great. Um, that's <laughs> gone, but there were belts everywhere. There was one guy who I swear was carrying like seven belts at a time. Yeah, yeah there was a guy with a tunnel. That's ridiculous. It's but, all your luggage. How could you bring it through an airport? Maybe he didn't come on from an airport. Maybe he fucking's from, you know, somewhere else in Dade County and just drove over. Must be. <laughs> well, it sounds like a good time. Glad you guys had a good trip, a safe trip. Uh, and uh, you're back Having with a us. Good time. Good- there was a lot of that. A lot of Ryan. That should have been under my complaints category. Well, you missed your chance. Too late. No complaints. It's too late. Nope. It's too late. You cannot complain that Ryan sang the entire like time. Five days. I, I sang single ladies almost the entire cruise for no apparent reason and danced. All the single ladies, all the single ladies, all the single ladies. Four days, five days, Thursday through Monday. You life. invited him. You did it. Boy. Put your hands up. Oh, one final question. Any love connections on the boat? Schlong, any cabin boys? <laughs> no, I, I had seven pineapples on my door turned upside down. No one came and visited me. Couldn't find any um, hot dogs for that hallway, huh? Would not. I tried to pimp Kate out a couple times. Never worked. <laughs> I will say, I mean, of course, Pretty Peter Avalon was a love connection. No, we that doesn't make... count. I'm talking now, with the general not... population. Oh, well, I don't associate with them anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be fair. Like I said, the Matt Matty asked the ratio of men to women. There were a lot, a lot of couples on there. A lot of couples and a lot more women this year, I would say, than the past two years. So you guys just didn't get invited to the right parties after hours. I get it. I, I guess so. At least not that I, I want to admit on air. Peter and I have Whoa. such a connection. I didn't want to exploit it for something lustful. You know what I mean? So that, mm-hmm. Your that 47 seconds him. that we That's were. lost as it is. We were yelling over an 80s cover band was so special. Oh, yeah. There was an 80s cover band. Was it uh, the. <laughs> Guardians of the, the Duke Guardians Box. of the they, Duke were, they were really good, but we were just—I was tired. That place was fucking nuts <laughs> at that time. I will also say the person who I think had the most fun might be Cheeseburger. A hundred percent. He wrestled one match and did like one signing and was just living his best life. I saw him at everything we did. He was at the Swerve's concert. He was at the comedy shows. He's having a great time. He got oh, a we should to... move on, but we we should acknowledge that there was like a Jericho's Oceanic Championship belt that Matt Cardona beat Flip Gordon for, but they had like a little tournament, so a, a shame Tony wasn't there. But it was it was cool. They had like a continual story that kind of ran throughout the the blocks of wrestling. Oh wait, there's am... one other match that has to be referenced. Go ahead. <clears throat> so it was Moose. He was out, and they're like, "Your opponent's supposed to be Jay Lethal, but he can't come out." So we have a substitute, and you hear the Macho Man music hit. So he comes out as Black Machismo, full on. Yep. And then all of a sudden he goes, hey, Zeus. So Moose became Zeus. 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 So they played that up the entire match. Yeah. 
And Garcia and Wardlow had like a an evolution match where they did everybody's moves. Like it was it was very silly and fun. Both Rookie Starks and Garcia <laughs> show cheek. Oh. We saw some ace. Oh wow. Uh I will say I'm surprised Flip was on the boat and he wasn't worried about dropping off the side of the earth. I made so many jokes like that. Uh, literally anytime she saw Flip, she's like, How is he able to wrestle? Isn't he worried? I'm like, like, well, we turned around, so he's that way we're gonna sail off the edge of the earth. (laughs) Seriously, we'll hit that ice wall and just fall through. Anyway. Uh, we've been going for like an hour and a half uh, doing our cruise, your cruise notes. So I appreciate it for you guys. Why don't we take a little break? Because we definitely have to talk about Dynamite. There was uh, a ton to rip into about Dynamite tonight. But, Luckily, it's a lot of matches, though. So that. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's a ton of matches. Before we do that, though, I, yes. I have some questions about the other great oh, shows that are on the Shining Wizards Network. Well, some of these are still on the network. Some of them might not be. I don't have a full block of commercials yet, and I have yet to record our commercial because <laughs> while you guys were away fucking partying, everybody in my house has been sick. So uh, I didn't make phone calls this weekend because I had a kid throwing up. Uh, Gina hasn't. Gina cut our first commercial voiceover. So I want her to do the second one just because nobody needs to hear my voice, but she's been under the weather. So. I have to do it. Uh, Matt said he needs it this weekend, so I'm going to try to do it this weekend. But uh, so I still I still owe people phone calls. I need to do a new commercial, so hopefully they can get a new commercial break with some of the other shows that are part of this uh, network 2.0. But for now, we're just going to play some words from podcasts that I guess maybe still part of the network. I don't know. Just listen. We'll be right back to talk about Dynamite. Everyone knows a lot of things can change in the span of 10 years. But when it comes to professional wrestling podcasting, one thing is still guaranteed. The Shining Wizards is the only place to get all the latest wrestling news, interviews with the greatest guests, and of course, tons of laughs in discussing the world of wrestling. The show is still available on Monday nights at 7 p.m. East on RantDMRadio.com and Rant Entertainment Media on the TuneIn app. And it's still available on all podcasting platforms. To check us out, head over to ShiningWizards.com, where it's still wrestling talk and talk about wrestling. Because of the obvious threat to untold numbers of citizens, and because of the crisis which is even now developing, this radio station will remain on the air day and night. This station and hundreds of other radio and TV stations throughout this part of the country are pooling their resources through an emergency network hookup to keep you informed of all developments. Horns up, everyone. When on the Shining Wizards Network, be sure every Friday to check out Radioactive Metal. Radioactive Metal is one of the longest-running podcasts on the interweb, and every week we bring you a fistful of metal, including interviews with all your favorite artists, discuss all the metal news, and feature the best tunes on the air today. So grab a Lemmy, join your cool Uncle Snowy, and co-host Aaron in the pit. Your recognized symbol of excellence in sports entertainment broadcasting from the current to the way back. Join the impact player Phil Brea and the Portuguese Man of War Choppy for the Turnbuckle Throwbacks Wrestling Podcast. Live every week on RantEMRadio.com. Get all our episodes over at iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, 
Audio Boom, Google Play, ShiningWizardsNetwork.com, and TurnbuckleThrowbacks.com. Are you tired of being told what to think and believe by Hollywood elites and politicians who just don't care about you? Tired of not getting the truth when you watch the news? Tired of trying to figure out what pronoun to use? Tired of mob mentality when all you want to do is think for yourself and make up your own mind? That's where we come in. This is Justin. And Vince. Your host of Inconclusive Breakdown. We are a weekly anti-PC podcast bringing you entertainment and current event news without any spin. If you want to truly stay informed on what's going on in the world, then give us a listen every Sunday, anywhere you get podcasts, at least till Zuckerberg and Twitter Jack deplatform us. And as always, we're proud members of the Shining Wizards Network. Tired of the PC police telling you what you can and cannot say? Want a show that travels back to the 80s and 90s where the badass hosts have beaten down cancel culture on three separate occasions and carried on to gloat about it? Since 2013, The Midnight Jury is that show. Travel back to the malls and arcades, pop in your VHS, and join us where the 80s and 90s return from the dead. Conan, tell them where to find us. WLWstudios.com, home of the Midnight Jury podcast hosted by Midnight Mike and Calvin Brody. Also available on all major podcast platforms via the Shining Wizards Network and join in the conversation on Twitter at Midnight Jury. What's up, wrestling fans? You want something awesome? Check out Wrestling Night in Canada here on the Shining Wizards Network. We're three Canadian metalheads uniting for the love of pro wrestling. Every episode, we go over all the latest news and special events with the odd, unique interview as well. So grab a cold one and check out Wrestling Night in Canada, eh? All right, we're back here on the Mark Order podcast. Uh, really quick, uh, just want to obviously plug our socials at Mark Order Pod on all of our socials Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, uh, TikTok, YouTube, all the places. Um, if you would uh, like to support us, we, uh, <coughs> we have uh, stickers you could get for free. Uh, if you go to uh, our social accounts, hit the link in our link tree. Uh, you can um, get uh, some free stickers. Just give us your name, your uh, mailing address, uh, and your email address, along with the country you live in, and uh, we will send you out some of these free Mark Order podcast stickers, um, and uh, we'll send them anywhere in the world. If you'd like to support us with some of your hard-earned dollars, you can certainly head over to our Pro Wrestling Tees store. That's prowrestlingtees.com slash markorderpod. We also have a link in the link tree. If you head over there, we've got some T-shirts, a couple uh, single prints, uh, just the front, and a couple uh, front and back prints. So uh, if you'd like to spend some money on us, we pour it back into the podcast. Um, and we thank you for those, uh, for those of you who ordered shirts, uh, I do still owe some phone calls. Like I said, I was dealing with a sick kid this weekend and some sick members of my household. So I do still owe some phone calls. I haven't forgotten about you. Uh, and we call everybody who orders a shirt. So guys, let's jump into dynamite because, um, uh, there's a lot to discuss tonight. 
uh, a pretty good card. Uh, and uh, the first thing they give us is Takeshita versus MJF. Uh, should also mention that tonight's Dynamite was billed. Uh, they, I think the first time I saw the billing was Friday night. They said it was uh, championship fight night on Dynamite. Um, so every match that was on the card tonight had some sort of title match implication. Uh, so this first match Takeshita versus MJF was, a, a world championship eliminator match. If Takeshita won, he would have gotten a title shot against MJF at some point. Um, let's get to the end of this match really quick. MJF does win by submission with, uh, a bridging salt of the earth. MJF a few times during this match pulled the referee in his way. Uh, so Takeshita had to stop and he tried uh, his best to uh, do him dirty, but it didn't work. He did get him with the salt of the earth bridging really working the arm and the shoulder for Takeshita. After the match, MJF did shove, uh, did ask Paul Turner to give his dynamite diamond ring back. Uh, and then once he got it, he uh, pushed him. Uh, he shoved him. He put his hands on the referee, shoved him or slapped him, whatever. And then he went to town on uh, Takeshita. Uh, got him uh, cut open, and then uh, Brian Danielson comes down to make the save. So Friedman runs off while medics check on Takeshita. Uh, so this was, uh, guys, this was a fantastic match in my mind. I mean, we know what we're getting out of MJF, right? Uh, we've seen Takeshita in some positions where uh, he looks really good. Um, and I think this match was fantastic and a great way to open the night. Uh, Takeshita looked great he's always doing things where I'm saying to myself, he shouldn't be able to do that. Um, so, uh, you know, uh, I just thought it was fantastic by the way. Um, can you guys please stop bullying, uh, Chris Mueller? Um, I appreciate it. Bullying him. We're just informing the good people that BR underscore doc on Twitter literally a doctor at bleacher report can fix your bleacher report app every time it crashes it can probably fix the peacock app too and he fixed my router before when it was down he is a technical genius if you have any issues with your bleacher report app dm chris mueller he fixed Listen. twitter dms were down before know who fixed it chris mueller nobody can fix peacock that app kind of blows <laughs> that's, um that's fair Anyway, uh, this match I thought was fantastic, and Takeshita just keeps he keeps showing why there he's being put in the position he's in. I mean, at some point he's gonna he's gonna get a shot at something, and he'll he'll cash in. Um, but yeah, um, Kate, let's throw it to you first. Uh, what'd you think of the match? This was only a scotch below um, Daniel Garcia and Cool Hand playing rock paper scissors with. Uh, the acclaim no this was this was fantastic like credit to both of these guys too right we don't see one of them wrestle very often and we've gotten to see more and more of Takeshita but we're still finding out more and more about what he's capable of in the ring holy shit he looked great uh <laughs> this is a whole bunch of fun I've really liked that during the Danielson story because so much of it is focused on Danielson putting on absolute banger matches which we'll get to in a minute because that was excellent too we've had this side story developing of Takeshita and MJF which like coming out of the first match that Danielson had I believe it was the first one for this whole trajectory they've kind of pivoted which is cool like it means Takeshita will probably get a shot 
either immediately after or down the line. But it's just a really clever way of developing something for MJF to focus on outside of Danielson while Danielson is kind of earning his way in as he did. Spoiler alert. Uh, <laughs> later tonight. So really, really strong stuff. An unbelievable match in the ring. He's such a special talent. Like mm -hmm. for him to move the way he does, like you were saying, for his size. And um, it's a really good blend of like that New Japan style alongside kind of like um, stuff with a little bit more agility. I feel like Japan is so hard hitting and just like such brutal bumps. He has like this athletic ability in there too. That's, that's just incredible and almost sneaky. So really, really, really strong opener. This was an unbelievable overall. This kind of set the tone for the night, like in ring. Fantastic, fantastic, fantastic dynamite. Shlong, what'd you think about Takeshita and MJF? Oh boy. This was one hell of a match. Um, I think Kate said it a while back that if MJF wrestles all the time, he's over. Like he's liked. And and these matches show it almost why you can't, because he is so good. And his stories have his matches have a story. That one sequence where like he bounced off the ropes and the cash to bounced off the ropes and he flipped and landed like per oh, it's just so awesome. And the, and it he made it seem like it really was like an angry match. Like there was like real anger there. So Sorry, I just saw Righteous Reg's tweet about the end. Remind me to bring that up. Um, but uh, so excellent. And Takesha looks amazing. And, and this is one where clean loss, what, whatever, but he looks so good coming out of it. Like, you know, he's at that upper echelon already. And, he, you know, get him in a, in a secondary feud where he can win it because that man is just so good. I can't, I can't wait to see what they do with him. Yeah, he just continues to impress and he continues to, uh, Takeshita continues to be <clears throat> a guy that we hear there's a big future for in AEW. So more to come on Takeshita. Gordon Post said they, they mentioned on commentary that it would have been next Wednesday if he won, he would have had a title shot. But clearly it's not happening now. So uh, the future looks bright for Takeshita. And we move on to a Samoa Joe promo. He's got both belts and he basically puts Darby Allen over calling him a worthy adversary. So he acknowledges that uh, Darby Allen really put him to the test. But then he asks Wardlow what more he wants to have taken from him. And he basically threatens Wardlow and says, you know, he might be coming from this for the title, but Samoa Joe will take everything away from Wardlow. So clearly Wardlow Samoa Joe is not over. We saw that last week. Uh, and we didn't see Wardlow tonight, but this promo definitely sets in motion that these guys are going to be on a collision course, uh, collision course. Uh, likely it, it's going to be at revolution. So, uh, revolution's only a few weeks away at this point. It's less than a month. So, um, that should be fun. Question for the audience. Sure. And by the audience, I mean my co-hosts. Yes. So Samoa Joe won this in a triple threat with Hobbs and Wardlow. Mm -hmm. Do you think he loses it to Wardlow in a triple threat with him and Hobbs or loses it to Hobbs in a triple threat with him and Hobbs? Like, does Hobbs enter the story between now and Revolution? You know, Kyle K. Sparks and I actually talked about that last week. Um, they could do that, but I don't know if you do that with Hobbs at the moment because they're still sort of like building his <laughs> next story. Yeah. So I don't I don't think 
<clears throat> I think if they did it, it would make sense, but I don't see it happening unless they really push this that to happen starting like next week, right? Because we're three weeks away from uh, revolution. So I don't know, but I wouldn't hate it, but it doesn't need to be a, a triple threat. I don't think so either. And if you're not going to have Hobbs go over, it almost like hurts Wardlow a little bit. So like I, my preference is one I want, assuming that Wardlow is going to go over. Um, but it popped into my head as we were talking about it. I was like, oh, one pay-per-view apart. They could <laughs> run back the same configuration with a different result and make it a strong yeah. story. So just thinking, thinking, thinking. And I did see too, because I, you know, oh no. Of course. Uh, and I, I did see last week because I know uh, I know there were people questioning maybe like, why would you have Darby sort of lose this match, uh, you know, so quickly? Apparently, the rumors are that Darby has approved time off. I guess he's going to be filming some stuff uh, and he needs a little bit of a break. So uh, we're probably not going to see much Darby here for the next few weeks. So that's likely why they did it. Um, I think we also have to give credit to like, We've been saying Mox needs a vacation for how long now? If you think about how consistently Darby has worked and mm-hmm. his style, like that guy probably needs some time off. And I also, with this title, don't have a problem with it bouncing around as much. Like it's oh, a workhorse yeah. title. Give it that can circulate and have way more reigns. I think. Yeah, I, I you know I didn't mind it. It was a little surprising because they had him take it off of of Joe the way he did. And then I didn't think they were going to give it right back to Joe. But I mean, listen, they're te- they told great stories in the match they had. I mean, Darby, <sighs> Darby can have one more against Joe, you know, for that title. It would be like a title trilogy. But that's assuming that Wardlow's not going to take it off Joe. But Darby's going to be out, out for a little bit doing other stuff and probably healing up. Because he took crazy bumps in the last in the last like four weeks that he was defending that title. So anywho, let's move on to our next match. Jamie Hayter versus the bunny. This is another eliminator match where the bunny can earn a title shot. Uh, that does not happen. Jamie Hayter wins by pinfall with the Haterade. Um, and, um, you know, I thought maybe post-match there was going to be some sort of interference by Saray and Tony Storm, but instead they're interviewed backstage by Renee Paquette. So Saray congratulates Jamie Hayter and calls her a loser before asking Leva Bates to come in and they said, Oh, your name starts with an L. And so Leva, he says, yes. And they basically, you know, uh, Tony storm knocks her down. Soraya spray paints her front and her back with an L they call her a loser and say that they're not here to make friends. And then they go to break guys. My only beef with this, my only beef with, um, I have two beefs actually with everything that sort of happened in this break. One, the Jamie Hayter bunny match. I thought it was good, except they went to a commercial picture in picture and then like pretty much come right back and it's the pin. So even though it was on at 830, again, I thought I fell asleep and woke up at 930. But um, even though it was on at 830, I'm almost like, well, what's the point if you're just going to go to picture in picture and then come back right with the pinfall? Like it was very quick. The second beef I have with what's going on here is somebody needs to tell. Soraya and Tony Storm to slow down with the spray can. They can slow down and make a legible letter on people's fronts and backs. (laughs) Yes. The NWO took their time with it. DX took their time with it. These two ladies have to make one letter. 
just slow down. You'll get there. One clean line vertical, one clean line across. It's a women's segment. It probably has to be a third of the time spray painting as a men's segment does. Just slow down and get the yell in. Uh, Shlong, what'd you think of everything that happened in the match in the post? Well, I'm a big fan of the bunny, so I hope she's not hurt because that seems to be the rumor out there. And that seems to be why they might have rushed the shortened it like they did. Jamie Um, Hayter, don't give a fuck about your nose. That's what I learned. If it's just the nose, I hate to say it, you can recover. Like, that's a pretty quick. Yeah. Um, But I just hope she's okay because I think she's a big part of that women's division. She's a solid uh, mid card heel that I think they need. I don't think they have a lot of like that, that tier of heel. Uh, And I really enjoyed the match. I think the Bunny's a good wrestler and Jamie Hayter's fucking incredible. It's so clear that they've just made that group face now. Like, there's not even any hint of being healed. They're even having her go against heels. I sent Kate a text about the backstage se- segment and said, I'm a I'm a big fan of Leva Bates, but that was like porn acting. Oh no, don't, don't, don't. What are you what are you doing? Oh no. Like See, it, it was I, just, I watch it, NXT every Tuesday and it just felt like NXT acting to me, but Okay, fair. It just was bad at, like <laughs> it was awkward. Like she just she didn't sell the beating enough where they should have beat her harder. Um, and do you then, want like, it to not be porn or do you want her to get beat harder, man? Let's... <laughs> you don't know. I mean, fair. But she, then, like, they're flipping her over to, like, spray paint her and she's like, oh, no. Oh. I'm like, what are we doing here? Poor Leva. Poor Leva Bates. But you know what? She broke my pretty Peter's heart. So it's true. Um, She deserves it. She deserves it all. Uh, I My biggest complaint with this match was, I, as you know, famously schedule my pee breaks from between 9.22 and 9.37 p.m. And this didn't fall within that window. So just threw off my whole bladder. Very upsetting, but very sincerely glad to see them out of the death slot. Happy to see Bunny on, on TV. I always kind of equate her to in this division, kind of like Carmella is in WWE, where it's like a good heel comedic hints but not a comedic character probably doesn't need to be the strongest in the ring though she's come a really long way i think um a very valuable piece to that division that probably gets overlooked now that there's been so such a a rapid uh turnaround in it jamie Hader's great very glad that they organically lean into how over she is just make her a face Super, super fun. Um, but yeah, I just hope Bunny's face is all right. Uh, you hate to see that. Like that happened with Chris Statlander. She got back from injury and then immediately got injured, right? So mm-hmm. fingers crossed that she is okay. The backstage segment is what it is. Like that was, it's it's fine. I think it's a fun little shout with the spray paint and them just running around being bullies, I think is, it's kind of fun. Like I'm here for kind of the, the ragtag bully side of them, but I just hope this continues to lead to what feels like it's going to be the first women's blood and guts match. Um, I, I hope it continues in that direction, but super fun. Very nice to see the women out of the, the nine thirty slot as much as I like to joke about scheduling my PP breaks and my yeah. these breaks. It was a surprise to see them on before nine o'clock. Uh, so, uh, we come back and Lexi Nair is trying to get a word with MJF, but she can't get in his locker room until he hears her outside the door and says, let her in. 
And he says that he'll give Takeshita credit. He's good, but he's not a generational talent. Uh, but nobody but him is, so that's okay. He doesn't know if we hate him because he's twisted or if he's twisted because we hate him, but he knows a man uh, doesn't uh, know who he is until he's tested by adversity. And he talks about getting speeding tickets in his blue Camaro in high school and being one point away from losing his license. So he tells a story about how he went to prom and talks about one perf- the one perfect girl uh, he wanted to get with and how he took her for a spin and she got to, and he makes a blowjob motion, uh, <laughs> distracting him, he says. And he put the pedal to the metal and it was raining cats and dogs. They hydroplaned. He panicked, hit the accelerator by accident, and they hit a telephone pole. And he woke up, he said, tasting pennies, hands covered in blood, and sweet Liv cracked his windshield, but thankfully she was breathing. And when the cops arrived, he switched seats with her, so he wasn't the one driving. And that's the kind of man he is. History has winners and losers. Tonight, he's going to expose Danielson as not having the guts to do what it takes to be a winner. There will be no Iron Man match, and Brian will never come close to the world title. He says, yes, he's a scumbag and he's damn proud of it. Uh, guys, uh, MJF promo. Exactly what you'd expect. A scumbag story from a scumbag champion. He's uh, I, I, I don't know what that is. It's a picture of the MJF from high school with his blue Camaro yep. and his varsity jacket on, which I, I adore when wrestlers care enough to do stuff like that. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I mean, I thought it was a, a fine segment at first. I didn't know where he was going. I thought the blowjob uh, motion was fantastic. Um, <laughs> just amazing to get that onto television. But listen, it's it's setting the story for the guy who MJF says he is. He knows he's a heel. He knows he's he's a scumbag. And he'll, he's clearly said numerous times, I'm going to cheat to win. So he's giving us everything he says. Um, I don't know. Any anything anybody wants to call out specifically about this? Um, I'm always for a promo that when wrestlers talk about moments in their life, kayfabe or real, that are defining moments of why they behave the way they behave, or like um f- things that feel like they're contributing to an origin story in that way. Likely this is a fake story. Mm-hmm. My only thing is I it just made me feel gross with what happened to Jay Briscoe a couple of weeks ago. I wish they had chosen a different type of fictional accident. Some people were like appalled that you would make up such a story. I think those people are dorks. It's wrestling. Um, I, I just don't, if, if you can create anything in the world, I probably stick away from a, a car accident where people are getting ejected through the windshield. Him admitting a felony on television is fantastic. Him, Again, like him, him calling it like being in the face of adversity when he's admitting to almost vehicular manslaughter is, is pretty great. It's pretty great. So big, uh, big fan of the promo. I really liked it. I just wish they had come up with a different fictional story, assuming it is fictional because, uh, it just too soon, too soon for, for me as a fan, but, um, from it, it as a standalone promo, fantastic stuff. I like these a lot more than the cheap heat and every local town things. 
Like this was really, really good. Sure. Schlong, anything you want to add about the promo? I mean, I agree with Kate. I, I didn't, so I didn't associate it with the Jay Briscoe thing, but I cannot fault anyone for who does because it is so recent. So like, I agree. You probably could have chosen something else, but I loved in wrestling 99 times out of a hundred. This story is the the opposite. Like he puts himself in the driver's seat to protect her or he mm-hmm. does this, or he owns up to his mistake and it makes him better. Or the, the swerve of, I put her in it. Cause I, you know, that's who I am. Fucking excellent. Just what a way to make yourself such a great despicable human being. And that's all he wants to be. He doesn't want to be someone you cheer for. So Kate's right. They got to stop the, the cheap heat. I get why they do it because it's the easiest and it's been hard to get real heat, like other kind of heat, but like stuff like this helps because if nothing else, if you're cheering for a guy who says he did that, what are you doing when you're at the arena, buddy? Like, what are you doing? You're cheering for a scumbag. Well, he is better than us. We do know it, but he is a scumbag. So you're torn. Uh, guys, we go into the, uh, Garcia Guevara gauntlet match. So, um, well, Hey, come on. Uh, so we get Ricky Starks on television. That's a plus. Uh, and he's got to go through cool hand, Angelo Parker, uh, daddy magic, Matt Menard. And then either the Red Death Daniel Garcia or Sammy Guevara in order to get his hands on Jericho. So um, we do open up with Angelo Parker first. Ricky Starks is able to eliminate him by pinfall with the spear. Um, Matt Menard is second in line. He gets schoolboyed and eliminated from the gauntlet as well. So now we don't know who it's going to be. It it appears it's going to be Daniel Garcia, but then he gets interrupted by Sammy Guevara. They seem to be arguing, but it does turn out to be Garcia who blasts Starks from behind and starts to put boots to him. He's the third man. Um, uh, And eventually... As we get towards the end, it looks like Ricky might come out on top, but they're outside the ring or Ricky's outside the ring. And there's a man in the front row wearing a kiss demon mask uh, who decides to hit Starks with an elbow and he gets laid out. So Garcia is able to get him back in the ring and pins Starks one, two, three. And this guy in the demon masks wakes him his makes his way into the ring, and it's Chris Jericho. That is your cruise. Uh, the guy's got enough time to put a cruise director, or I'm sorry, to put a cruise together. Worry about all your entertainment, do all that stuff, and yet still finds time to make sure that Ricky Starks can't get to Jericho. What a guy! Uh I didn't have a problem with any Stick of it. to cruises, Christopher. I didn't have any problem with this. Heels are going to be heels. We got to see Ricky on TV for an extended period of time. We got to see Danny Garcia on TV for a while. I didn't have any problem with this. And you knew, you knew Starks wasn't going to get. I'm not dumb. You knew Starks wasn't going to get through this gauntlet. You knew it. Why? When he already beat Chris Jericho, 
are we doing a lackey fucking gauntlet at all? This is so dumb. He already has a win over him. Why does he have to go through a gauntlet to face a guy he already fucking faced? It makes no sense. And if you're going to be in disguise, Chris Jericho, why did you bother taking off this face paint? You should have just kept the Danhausen face paint. It looks like his face paint kind of anyway. Keep it. This was over. It makes absolutely no sense that you would run a gauntlet to face a guy you already beat. It's stupid. It's bad creative. It's fundamentally bad wrestling creative. I love seeing Ricky Starks against all these guys. I love seeing Ricky Starks in a gauntlet match. I think a baby face of his stature and size and his ability, the way he can finish people with a Rochambeau or a spear, awesome guy to have for a gauntlet match incredibly stupid to run a gauntlet against a guy you already beat that makes no sense at all uh rochambeau you for it and Mm -hmm. where the fuck was action and ready in all this bad bad garbage next get off my tv i got real sick of this jericho shit man like love the cruise love jericho love jericho in stables this is like We've seen them book Jericho feuds in reverse before, right? When they had the stadium stampede and then a cage match and then like a regular block. Like they just, um, I like all of the parts of this and I love the story with Jericho and Action Andretti. Doing the the one, two, three kids stuff is awesome. It makes no wrestling sense to have someone run a gauntlet to face someone they already beat. And they did no creative work to try and justify it. We're going to get they're going to get their match at Revolution. Against the guy he already beat. Why does he need a rematch with him? Why isn't Jericho the one running the gauntlet? Ask it Ricky Starks. No Ricky Starks is the one who wants it. Okay, but he already beat him. So they have to give me a creative reason well, to believe that. Then the reasoning has to be put on Ricky Starks. Because Starks beat him. Starks okay, wants him for some reason. But like... Did we not learn this with Eddie Kingston losing to Jericho for no reason? Like, it just, if it's on Starks, I get that. But, like, you have to then, as creative, do the work to make it seem like Stark should want that, even though he already beat him. Why does he need to beat him again? They've never given us a reason other than he wants to do it at a pay-per-view. Like, no, you gotta, you gotta... You got to do creative work to make that make sense. Running a gauntlet. That's a WWE trash. Running a gauntlet for somebody you've already beat makes no sense. Listen, you could have just I'm had di- him lose the first time. <laughs> I don't disagree. Sense. But Starks wants Jericho. So this is how he had to get to Jericho. Uh, it, it Again, I don't disagree with you. But it's not Jericho who wants the match. Starks wants Jericho. And so Jericho said, okay, well, if you want it, you've got to earn it. So it's on Starks. It's not on Jericho. You gotta I know earn it, bad. even though you already beat me, is bad. You gotta Stark. earn it. He fucking Starks beat him. <laughs> that, but that doesn't matter. Starks wants the match. So what was the point of the first match? It's if if already I, beat. I, I don't. Him. I don't disagree. I'm just saying, the way that the logic works is that Starks wants Jericho. So and Jericho. I'm saying that's illogical logic. <laughs> I. Again, don't disagree, but Starks, for some reason, wants his hands on Jericho again. 
I think it stems from when they asked him to join the JAS and he said no. So they beat him down and then they started shitting on action Andretti and they were sort of saving each other. And so now Starks wants to settle it with Jericho. Totally fine. But you're right. Starks beat him. But Starks still wants Jericho. So it's on Starks. I don't know. Shlong, what's your take? Uh, There's two separate things here. Uh, first, for the match itself and the idea it. of this I type of... So what? I loved it so much. I'm right. Okay, so I'm super good. sour. My thing is oh to hate God. things. Gauntlets <laughs> are so pretty. So, gauntlets are fun. Um, this match was fun. I, I, I don't even mind the ending necessarily because I get like what they're doing. I was going to say the separate issue is that I agree with Kate that you have to justify why Starks has to do a gauntlet for a guy he beat, which means Jericho should have done something to force Ricky to really want to wrestle him, and then Jericho could heal his way out of him and be like, no, I don't want to fight a guy that angry. Like there, there was there's a way to tell that story. They just skipped over all that and just said, nah, you want to wrestle him again, but I'm not gonna let you. Uh I, I don't disagree. I don't but, I it, but it, for some reason at the crux, Starks wants Jericho. So there's been no reason for that. I don't disagree. It's bad, but you have to give Starks the reason. They haven't really given us the reason. Reason aside, the match itself was fun. I get what they were doing. I never have a problem with stuff like that. Uh, they're obviously going to have to figure out how now, how now, cow, um, how uh, Starks gets his match against Jericho. So I'm interested to see what they do there, but. You know, the I was glad it was this type of gauntlet. I didn't when they first announced it. I was afraid it was going to be like a like what Danielson's doing essentially. So I prefer this where it's like all in one match. Um, mm-hmm. Doesn't hurt Cool Hand Andrew or Menard because they're comedy guys now. But anytime they want to make them a fun like a good tag team, they can do it. They're at that kind of level. So you know, I enjoyed it. But I get what Kate's saying. You have to justify mm-hmm. why Starks is the one chasing. Yeah. I, I, that's we're not in any disagreement. I'm saying that Stark, they need to give Starks the reason because Starks wants it for some reason. I don't know why, but it's Starks. Don't know why. That was fun being all silly. We do get uh, the acclaimed and daddy ass interviewed backstage. Basically all that they, they say is that Billy's not going to be at ringside for the match tonight. Cause he's sort of being pulled in two different directions. So uh, we're just building to the main event, but we can expect Daddy Ass to not be at ringside. So take that for whatever it is. Immediately knew the outcome of this match when they said that. Hey, you knew the outcome of this match on the cruise. Yeah, I I knew the outcome of this match as soon as they decided to have family therapy, but I digress. We'll talk about that at the main event. We can certainly talk about that when we get to the main event, because I think a lot of people knew the outcome, but I think they didn't know how we were going to get there. And uh, certainly the way that I sort of envisioned us getting there didn't come through. Uh, Same with Mrs. Money. Um, But we'll talk about it. Um, We come back and Danielson is being interviewed in the trainer's room with Takeshita about his match tonight. He's with uh, Takeshita, who's getting sort of fixed up from his bloody attack on MJF. But um, they get locked in. We hear like machinery running and somebody's like taunting Danielson from behind the door and uh, he tries to exit the room but he can't get out so 
they hear Roosh's music hit. Roosh makes his way to the ring. MJF then makes his way to the ring. And he tells Aubrey, who's the ref, that um, they need to talk. And by the rule book and law uh, bylaws, Danielson is scheduled for a match right now, but he's not here. So he demands that they ring the bell and start counting. So she begins to slowly count begrudgingly. And they go back to the trainer's room. And Brian is uh, shouldering his way through the trainer's uh, training room door. And that's where we find out that um, it was uh, Preston Vance and... uh, Oh, God, I can't remember the butler or whatever his name is. But uh, they're there basically keeping uh, the door closed. But uh, they're not able to get the job done. So Max sees it happening, demands that the the count start faster. But... um, Aubrey takes it slow and Danielson gets to the ring. So MJF runs over to, uh, to uh, commentary where he begrudgingly has to sit next to fat face, Tony Schiavone and a guy who thinks he's a pro wrestler in Excalibur. Pretty fun. I also enjoyed during the commentary. Sometimes they would talk about the Iron Man match and MJF would continue to be like, it ain't happening. Not happening. Not oh, so happen. good. Very so good. good. And like almost offended. Like, what are you talking about? Like, it's yep. not going to happen. And I'm, I pop huge for when MJF on commentary is a petulant child and will be like, yeah, duh. Or that, I don't know why, yeah. but him acting like a toddler with the, yeah, duh. Or like, uh, of course, shit just pops through tremendously. I love it. So we get into the match. Um, and by the way, justice for Jose, the assistant, they're calling you on the Jose, forgetting his name. My bad. Sexy Sorry. Jose. Sorry, excuse Howdy, me. Jose. I can't remember everybody's name. Um, going to the end of the match, Danielson does win by pinfall with the Busaiku knee. And this was the final match in his sort of series. So he does earn his spot uh, in an Ironman match uh, at Revolution for the championship. Post-match MJF, uh, whose knee has been bothering him since his match, hobbles down to the ring and is able to drop Danielson with the loaded punch from the diamond ring. So he mounts, he punches, he puts the salt of the earth on, uh, trying to break Brian's arm. Um, some security guards come down. Max is able to fight them off, but then he locks back into the uh, salt of the earth. Security are trying to uh, to get him off, but we go to break as they try to restore Yeah, him. they are. <laughs> That's right. Uh, so, um, guys, I was just... I was honestly blown away by this match. I mean, we've seen Roosh. Uh, we've seen Danielson. This was one of the hardest hitting matches I think I've ever seen. Danielson does bleed. Uh, at one point, the, when they're outside of the ring, uh, you could see there is blood splattered on the camera lens. <laughs> Just like, you know, from the, how hard they were hitting each other. Um I just thought this was a phenomenal match. Good storytelling. Danielson's shoulder is still an issue. Uh, Roosh looked like a million bucks in this match. I think again, just for people who maybe, uh, have only seen Roosh on AEW television. This was another really good showing for Roosh to show you what he's got. I know he hasn't been sort of on the winning side of a lot of these big matches in AEW, but the dude can fucking wrestle. Um, so I thought this was a great match post-match clearly just setting up for, MJF trying to do anything he can to maybe weasel his way or gain an upper hand here in this, uh, in this match. Uh, but Shlong, let's jump to you first. Uh, what'd you think of this? Violent as a motherfucker. I didn't expect this match to be so violent. 
Um, I actually liked the locked in thing. I wasn't like when it first started, I'm like, oh, this could be very lame. But the way they had Danielson break out actually made me laugh. Like, and, and Aubrey purposely counting so slow was like a good, like, nobody likes you, Max. Like, we don't want you to do this. Uh, I, I, I forget who I says who, so I apologize, Kate, if it's you and you're hearing me say this. So I, hearing me say this twice but Roosh is what they wanted Andrade to be and I don't know why they couldn't what like the thing was but they use Roosh all the time and he's very good at it and, he, and yes he's losing but he looks amazing in every match he has and he wins on like some of them just not like these huge ones so I, I thought this was fantastic I did not expect the blood in a Danielson match so that was a mighty big surprise the beatdown after was a little weird to me. I'm like, so I guess the BCC is just not there or Danielson's truly just out of it because like no backup. You know, that was actually, I forgot to mention that. So uh, Danielson was in a BCC shirt tonight. So it doesn't seem like he's all the way out of that, but yes, no save by the BCC yet again. Um so it's just sort of weird. I don't. We're still just sort of in this limbo with what's going on with Danielson in the BCC. I think he said a couple weeks ago, like when this all started, like we're just sort of taking a break from each other, but still surprised they wouldn't make a save here. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I, I think that would have been the thing to do, but. It also seems like they had like been kind of setting up like to catch to maybe join it. So I don't know if we're going to get an angle later. If Danielson comes back and says, like, you know, like, I've been working with this kid while we've kind of been on this hiatus or whatever. Um, but I, uh, I don't know. I, I, the match was just absolutely incredible. Like, um, very, very, very hard hitting. This Danielson run has been so productive. Like, this was all I wanted from him <laughs> coming in. I was like, every time that they had him in this, shit with Jericho for so long. I was like, man, I just want to see Brian Davison wrestle. It's like easily the best wrestler in the world in ring at, at least right now, I think. Like, and that says something because there's a lot of incredible wrestlers, at least on American television. So um God, just every match he's put on during this series has been absolutely fantastic. Um I thought Roosh looked great, looked like a million bucks. It almost feels like Danielson is like I want to face that guy. And they're like, all right, we're yeah. going to build a story around it. Like there's like this deliciousness when Brian Danielson's in the ring with these guys and each match has felt so different. Like this felt so much different than his match with Takeshita, which was also very hard hitting. But like this, you guys use the word violent, uh, a, a perfect word for it. Um, super, super fun. Rush is a uh, rush. Rush is a maniac. Um, this this was great TV wrestling. The in ring tonight because we're gonna talk about the trios match too. Like my god, but Danielson just I, I'm so glad he's in. And I liked a lot of his WWE work. I'm so glad he's in an environment like this where he just gets to get tested in such different ways. And I liked the stuff with MJF. Man, he is scared to face Brian Danielson. Like yeah. post match beach down, trying to lock him in the room. Like kind of fundamental heel work, but really. It, I, I'm buying the idea that MJF is denying Danielson will ever get there and absolutely terrified to face Brian Danielson for the for the championship, which is good. Um, that's that's the point of what we're doing here, right? So, really, yep. really good shit. Really like it. 
Well, in uh, a move of, uh, I guess, corporate synergy, we get a segment with the Impractical Jokers. The quick thing here is they, uh, it's, I don't know, Quinn and some other guy. I don't watch the Impractical Jokers, so I honestly don't know. Q and Um, Mer. Okay. Uh, I thought they said, uh, whatever, I don't care. Uh, But they basically stole uh, Jericho's uh, bat, Floyd. And um, uh, they said uh, that they're going to allow Chris a chance to respond on their premiere tomorrow. So again, corporate synergy. Uh, You can see if Chris Jericho does reply on the Impractical Jokers tomorrow. I will wait to see if anything happens on social because I don't watch the show. Uh, I do, I'll let you know. All right, let me know. Uh, in, uh, but our next wrestling match, as Kate said, we're going to talk about the trios match. Uh, it was a trios title match, AR Fox and top flight versus the elite. Um, we're going to just jump to the end of this match. The elite win by pinfall with a crucifix from Kenny Omega on AR Fox. Uh, so they retain the championships, but that really reduces this match to like a start and a finish. There was so much shit happening in this match it was fucking amazing i honestly guys feel like we've seen so much of top flight and you know you sort of know certain things they're gonna do but i i feel like in these trios matches we've seen them pulling stuff off that i haven't seen them do before um and ar fox i was chatting with uh a couple other people tonight like uh via text and you know I said it there. I I wouldn't have cared if they took these belts off the elite tonight because top flight and AR Fox looked so good. Uh, I don't mind that the elite won because we've got to line something up. You know, maybe they'll run this back at, at revolution. Who knows? They've done stuff like that before, but AR Fox might be one of the best low key signings that AEW has made in their recent history. Mrs. Money and I were two shows in Connecticut, you know, over the past six months, we were listed for one of them. Uh, one of them, I paid the big bucks to sit in the front row and was on television. Thank you. Uh, but we saw AR Fox at both events. We did a rampage on a Friday night. Um, and we saw AR Fox during that. I don't remember if it was taping or if that was on actual rampage. He looked fucking great. And then the second time we saw him was when we went to um, went to Dynamite uh, in Connecticut. I don't remember where it was, but we went uh, Bridgeport to the Dynamite and AR Fox was on that card. And we both said that night, like they need to snatch him up. And then they did shortly afterward. So he looked like he was fighting for a job and he certainly earned it. That dude can fucking wrestle. Um, and I think it's a great signing for them. The elite, you know what you're getting out of them, but they just, they're so good at what they do, man. Kenny is fucking looking like a million bucks in the ring. You know, I think I even said it here last week with Kyle K sparks, but they did that, uh, video segment where they were playing basketball or something. And Kenny was shirtless. And I, I just said last week, like Kenny looked like he was in great shape last week, you know, and he just looks great. He's moving great in the ring. Um, I thought really smart too towards the end of this match with the crucifix. I don't know if it was a call there by Kenny or Fox at the end, but Kenny initially put him in a crucifix and he was 
Fox was within striking distance of the rope. So like my immediate thing was like, just grab the rope. And then they sort of like, he tried to reverse it and then Kenny rolled it back into a crucifix. So maybe they just shifted it to be away from the ropes, but it was fantastic. I, I honestly thought a couple times these belts were going to top flight and AR Fox. I thought this match was awesome. Really well done. A lot of great stuff. Um, yeah, I'll I'll throw it to Kate and get your thoughts on it. I I can't say anything more about this. It was it was fucking fantastic. Uh, just one of their best trios matches ever. I was looking at my notes, and I don't really have much except for uh, just this holy shit AR Fox because this was one of those matches. I, my notes for tonight are sparse in general because unless you're going to write down every move of some of these matches, like I, there's not even specific spots that I want to call out, but you're right. That, that crucifix at the end was really good. Um, a million miles a minute. Kenny does look great. I guess when you don't need eight surgeries in one shot, you, you look good. You wrestle well, uh, you're feeling good. Um, but similar to, I knew MJF wasn't going to lose today. Right. But like there were a couple when you're in the moment, and MJF so story heavy, like some of those near falls, I didn't bite at them, but it was suspenseful. Um, Roosh and Danielson was just so violent, but this one, same thing. Like I, I knew the elite was going to win, but man, like some of the near falls in this, I, I was biting super, super fun match. Um, I, I said this about the acclaimed and it feels this way with top flight and AR Fox, like, for people that had not worked together previously, it feels like they've been a unit for a million years. Like such easy, easy, easy handoffs. Um, super, super well done. An absolute blast. And I loved the sequencing of the card tonight. Not just because the women were out of the death slot, but because like we got this, I don't know, this following kind of a super violent match felt really good. Um, and MJF and Takesh just starting it off with just like a, a crazy banger was, was super fun. Hated everything about the main event, but like in ring wise, the differentiation and the styles of matches we got to see tonight was fantastic. And I loved where this went on the card being placed back to back with Danielson and Roosh. Um, what a, what a fucking match, man. <laughs> good shit. Really, Great really match. good shit. Schlong, what do you want to add about this? <clears throat> Did you hate it? Are you going to be a contrarian? It. I hate knew it. it. Um, I like that they went with AR Fox's gear style rather than Top Flight's. I just thought that was a nice little twist. I liked the way they looked. Um, I noticed with the the these trios matches, there, there's a lay for it's not the same style match, but there's one thing that is similar. They all start kind of slow and then get fucking insane about halfway through, and I love it. And this definitely followed that where at first you're like, all right, they're moving, but they're not. And then by halfway through, everyone's all over. Who knows what? who's legal? What the fuck is going on? And I'm not complaining at all because it was just awesome. Air Fox is incredible. Top Flight is incredible. The Elite are the Elite. This is what I was hoping out of these trios belts was like, you were having trios bat matches anyway. Now we're getting these awesome trios matches and they have stakes. This is the best case scenario. So this is great. I fucking loved it. Also, not to keep putting over the cruise, but there were so many people that were on the cruise that were wrestling tonight. I was actually kind of blown away. Like everybody in JAS, um, Top Flight was on the cruise. Ricky Starks was on the cruise. I was like, 
damn man i was feeling the effects like the sea legs that you get after a cruise or whatever i can't imagine going in there wrestling after you already wrestled on a boat or whatever so just shout out to the work ethic there because i was like this is a lot of the talent that we just saw three days ago or whatever yeah. but that popped into my head too because top flight was uh was on the boat as well but um just i mean just one of the best trios matches you could see it's so i'm so happy darius is back and gets to do this <laughs> yeah yeah it's um <clears throat> it's really great to see top flight back together because they're both so talented and ar fox is a great addition to them as a trio if they want to keep this trio going certainly exciting every time they're back in the ring or they're in the ring together um before the main event we do get a quick segment they show a video package for hook and then stoke is being interviewed backstage by lexi nair and she asks him about there being problems within the firm and stoke refutes that and um he blames hook for all their problems that's when hook walks up behind him and stoke quickly changes his tune he wants to get mac and cheese with him next time they're back in the city and hook grabs his arm or hooks his arm and tells him to watch his words sir and uh then uh, Lexi asks Hathaway if he's okay, and, and Stoke is asking her to get a medic. So we'll see what happens out of this. But, uh, you know, Stoke, just good work here. Uh, hook, you know, hook is hook. He's going to hook him. Uh, one thing to note, I didn't get the whole card. They announced some, some stuff for Friday. But the big thing to note for Friday night was they said that we are going to hear from uh, Mark Briscoe uh, for the first time. Uh, you know, uh, we're going to hear from him since uh, he appeared on TV and since uh, Jay's pass. So that's going to happen on Friday night. They did say that they're going to announce more matches for next week's uh, Dynamite on Friday night as well. So uh, tune in Friday night if you want to hear about uh, Mark Briscoe. And then we come to our main event. Kate's favorite match of the night. It's the Ass Boys. Versus the acclaimed for the world tag team championship. And guys, I think, like I said before, we could talk about this. I think we sort of knew where this was going to go. We weren't a hundred percent sure, but we didn't know how they were going to get there. But in the most shocking moment of the night, the ass boys win by pinfall with a folding press from Austin gun on Anthony Bowens becoming your new AEW World Tag Team Champions. Let me rewind this, though, a little bit, because towards the end of the match, um, the referee gets knocked out. Uh, and, you know, uh, the guns sort of grab a belt, and they're going to blast Bowens with it. And that's when Daddy Ass comes down, and we don't know what's going to happen. Now, I can tell you guys this. Mrs. Money said, Billy's going to cost them these titles. Uh, so Billy gets in the ring and picks up Bowens and as Colton or Austin, I don't remember which fucking one at this point, but <laughs> they go to blast Bowen. That tells you everything you need to know about how stupid this was. <laughs> I just can't keep him straight. It, it, you know how long it took me to get Matt and Nick Jackson, right? It, it's, you know, it's just, I can't keep the brothers straight. Um, uh, but as he goes to blast Bowens, uh, Billy basically moves Bowens to the side and catches the belt and says, like, nope, not going to happen like this tonight. And then Billy gets blasted in the face with the belt. So Billy's down and out. And um, Bowens is able to sort of get back to his feet. But 
there is a moment where Bowens is leaning through the ropes and he gets blasted with the belt anyway. The referee was able to get thrown back in the ring, and that's when they count it. Post-match, the guns carry the titles up the ramp. Billy Gunn is attending to his adopted sons, the acclaimed in the ring. The fans are booing. They're angry. Not sure what's going on here. Nothing happens. I think some people thought, I thought maybe they were going to turn on Billy there in that moment. We were going to get a a sort of like heel turn out of uh, the acclaimed. We don't. They're okay in the ring. And that's the end of the show. We have new tag team champions. And the other thing Mrs. Money said, just so you guys know, is before this match even started, she's like, this is sort of like Battle of the Belts. Nothing's changed. Nobody's really like, you know, everything that was sort of going to happen, we sort of saw coming. Like, no surprises. This has to be the one. So it was called out. And I think, like I said, last week, Kyle K. Sparks and I were talking about it. We saw it as a possibility. I think most people thought... Billy Gunn was going to be the factor and it was going to sort of be like he was going to turn on the acclaim. Didn't happen that way. So Schlong, I'm going to go to you first because you have that shit eating grin because you love the guns. And listen, I've said it here before. I don't have a problem with the guns. What I just don't understand is why now, unless they're just going to run this back at revolution. So, the shitting grin is not only because I like the guns, it's also because of how angry it makes a certain member of this podcast. Mm-hmm. And as soon as they won, that's all I could think about, was how angry she would get. The match, I enjoyed the match itself. I thought it was a fun match. I think the guns look good. Kate's hatred is over, you know, she's they're wrong. Very, they're serviceable was, was in the match. They, they're fine in the ring for me. Because, you know, how dare, how dare they be good. She just doesn't want to like it. Um, Mid. They were good. It was fine. It was a good match. It was exciting back and forth. People were really entranced. Uh, Listen, the guns having the belt does feel a bit off. They are not nearly established enough to have those belts. Thank you. I, I kept waiting for FTR to come out. That's what I thought. Like, okay. I mean... That seems to I, I Dax tweets tonight that he misses wrestling. Uh that they buried FTR. Like they like that seems to be more realistic than or you know. So if you have a rematch revolution and the gun club loses, what's the point of this? If they win, it's like holy shit. So I don't know how I feel about them as champs, except for I'm just really enjoying Kate's reaction. I'll be honest, and then we'll throw it to you, Kate. Like I said, I think the guns are perfectly serviceable in in the ring. I don't think they're bad ring workers. I just don't think this is... I, did, I don't think and didn't think that this was the time. I just think there's still a lot left for them sort of to, to work up into. So, uh, I don't know. Kate, tell us how you feel. The guns are tag team champions before Santana and Ortiz, which makes me want to jump off. Santana and Ortiz are never going to be champions. We don't know that. Here are people I would rather see. The workhorsemen. Why can't J.D. Drake and Anthony Henry get on television? Iron Savages. 
formerly Bear Country. Phenomenal. Private Party. Great offset heels to the acclaimed. Could have been a lot of fun. Best friends. Face versus face. Would have been hilarious. The Wingmen. Pretty Peter, obviously. Butcher and Blade. Would have been great transitional champions. Silver and Reynolds. Do something with the fucking Dark Order. Griff Garrison in a mailbox. All right? Griff Garrison would be the one leading that. But I think Griff Garrison in a mailbox. I, I think a mailbox has way more charisma than Colton Gunn. Are you and, talking about... I just need to know. Are you talking about like a federal blue mailbox or like one hanging on your house or on a post in front of your house? What kind of mailbox? That makes a difference. Off the top of my head on a post in front of your house. Okay. It's going to be easy like... to defeat because it's not as stout as a blue mailbox. But right, but I they're so it. generic. I feel like that's just basically the guns of being a mailbox. The ding-dongs from WCW I think would be a better choice. Um, Tony Nese and his abs and Josh Woods, maybe those should that maybe should be a trio. But Jericho Housen, I would prefer to see. I get, so the one saving grace in this is I do think it's transitional. I definitely think it's a transitional reign. Um, I just feel like if you didn't want FTR to beat the acclaimed to kind of keep the acclaimed a little bit more protected, like you do have this incredible champagne problem of FTR is legitimately the best tag team in the world, right? So when somebody else is champion, there's something that automatically feels as a, as a, a dissonance within that. So if you want FTR to come back and be somebody, um, I get not wanting that group to be the acclaimed. I think it is fucking stupid that you chose the gun club who serviceable in the ring. Fine. You didn't even use the thing that's over about them to get there. And I'm sorry, but the Excalibur with the booze cascading down bullshit not really. It was mostly just quiet. If you listen, booze kind of filtered in after they realized nobody was coming down or whatever. But they were mostly like, why the, what the fuck just happened? This is so stupid. Even if you could see it coming, what actually happened, there really wasn't a reaction. I think they're going to get some go away heat reactions off of it. But I hate, hate, hate go away heat booking. I think it's fucking stupid. You can tell good stories and give the crowd what they want. I, the rise of the gun club is such a waste of other teams who are so much stronger. No offense to the guns. They have been, I, I think, training for two years. We, on the cruise, Austin Gunn was like, the gun club was initially me and my dad. And then my brother decided he wanted to start trading and got thrown in there. So just like, cool. Nepotism. Um, awesome. Like, the fact that Silver and Reynolds aren't on television when they're such a good team and would be perfect transitional champions, that's the shit that pisses me off, is you have the deepest tag team division in the world, and you're giving me this, and my other favorite tag program, Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal on my television all the time. Like, it's it's such a waste of the potential that is there. I think the gun club just isn't... For me, admittedly, Austin Gunn is is pretty charismatic and can really sell. But like at the same time, I think they've got a lot of work to do before they can 
like the fact that they're champions just feels so at odds with how deep this tag team division runs. And considering that the acclaimed is like kind of the longest reign, I think they're the longest reigning tag champs that they've had. There's so many stories that I would have rather have seen. Like I, I, I really feel like the acclaim versus private party with those personalities would be really fun. I really feel like a face face best friends versus them thing could be so silly. Um, the wingman could have been a really fun, like two week thing. Um, it, it's, it's a, it's a bummer, man. Like, not only do I not like it, I, I think it's, it's, I don't like it from a place of, I don't like it from like a taste perspective, but I also don't think it's good wrestling booking. I just don't. Not when you have the embarrassment of riches in your tag division that you have right there. It's not good. I will refute one point of yours though. That they should drop to Jay Lethal and Jeff Jarrett. I know. I know. <clears throat> no. Um, it's a real refute. Um, there has been a story here the whole time because of Billy Gunn. There has been a long-term story. It hasn't been bubbled to the top the whole time, but they did have the the whole thing when they were working together because Bowens was hurt, right? And then Billy Gunn sort of split off and didn't choose his sons, and they let that breathe, and then they just brought it back up. So there, there has been a story here. It's not That's like there fair. hasn't been a story. I meant it's fundamentally bad from the perspective of I think there's – more people that feel like me than Ryan out there. I think there's a lot of people that view this as go away heat and what the fuck are you doing than there are that are bought into the long-term story that you're talking about, which actually is, to your point, it is actually good wrestling storytelling. I think people just don't want to see that story, even if it's fundamentally sound. Ryan, do you want to see that story? I do. Listen, you claim stole daddy ass. And now the boys went ass back and they got upset that they didn't get ass back. So they abandoned daddy ass. And now they took the most precious thing from the acclaimed as revenge. It's a fundamental story. Not to mention daddy ass got pushed into the arms of the acclaimed. You're retconning the shit out of this. Of an angel. Not to mention I just find if I was locked the, in, I would just the, the gun club to be entertaining. <clears throat> Correct. You're an idiot. I, I don't understand. <laughs> I called Aunt Dumb before and I called Ryan an idiot now. She did. You stupid yeah, she's idiot. So, she's so sassy. Um <laughs> my points are valid even though nobody recognizes. Also, couldn't be private party when a private party's hurt. It's true. Um, free Bernard with Matt Hardy, whatever. <laughs> Just let this run have it every now and again. A surprise run from whatever isn't the end of the world, they don't do yes, this often. Is. So, no, it's really the, not. The world is, and we had to like shoot down a balloon from China. There was before massive earthquake. they lost, yeah, before but it, they lost while we were on the boat, right? And this was with hose brewing then. The world, no, is this is. This is to stop the world from ending. This is like the new M. Night Shyamalan movie. And they went to TK and they're like, listen, if you don't make the guns champion, then they're going to, then the world's going to end. And TK said no. So you had the Chinese balloon. And then they said, 
he, they asked it again. He said, no, he had an earthquake. And he's like, you know what? I just got to make him champion. If there's anything I learned from the cruise, it's that wrestling is extremely serious. And I don't extremely. appreciate I don't extremely. appreciate this ending. I think it's bad. And I fucking hate ref bumps. Oh, my God. Yeah, but that was one hell of a ref bump. It was a good ref bump, but I feel like I see one every other day. We see ref bumps a lot. I've never seen that ref bump before. We haven't seen a ton of ref bumps in AEW. Okay, referee bumps slash incompetence. I'm so sick of referees. Oh, we've seen lots of that. Incompetence I'm, I'm sick of referees coming into to the outcomes as much as they do in AEW. It, it, it's it's getting old to me how often referees play into things. And I, I when it's done as well as it is tonight, it's super valuable. So when it's oversaturated, I just kind of like, I'm like, oh, also, this again? Let's be clear here. The reason the guns deserve these belts are they're clearly you know, channeling mid-90s Shawn Michaels with their gear. I mean, their walkout gear is literally just his split in half. Like one gets the pants, one gets true. the top. And they're well, Shawn and Michaels has about they're covered the same glitter. booking sensibility. Yeah. I have to watch it every Tuesday night. So story tracks. Listen, this had a story. That's a you problem. It's not a me problem. I don't have to like watch MJF, NXT. a bunch of blowjobs. Well, we've been wrestling for a year and a half, and our dad is Billy Gunn. Get the fuck you off! You liked them on the cru- cruise. They seem hate. like lovely people. Austin was at the soft serve machine. They were out there cheering and booing. Who's the rapper? Colton. Austin. 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 I actually think uh, Austin's been wrestling for uh, longer than a year and a half. Uh, years, and Austin is definitely the better of the two. Like. He sells extremely well to his credit, like really, really good selling in the ring. And um, he he gets what he's doing in there. He has his wits about him. Colton, I would rather see Griff Garrison in Mailbox than I would see Colton gun on my screen. Okay. I just. Kate? And I'm not trying to bury Colton. I think Mailbox has a lot of potential. Catherine. Catherine. It's Caitlin. You know that. Caitlin. Caitlin. Let it play out. It's gonna, it's not gonna, it, they're gonna run it back. It'll be fine. Hold on. She didn't hear me. I gotta wait till she puts it back in. Oh, she took her headphones out. Yep. Let it play out. No, it's go away heat for me. I don't Caitlin? like them. And it's a waste of other tag teams' potential. The fact that Silver and Reynolds are like not on my television, but these clowns are, and Jay Lethal and Jeff Jarrett are every week is fucking. Th- they weren't this week. I don't know. I didn't watch Friday. <laughs> I was on a boat Friday. Well, no, I'm saying this week they weren't here Wednesday. No, but Jeff Jarrett and, and Jay Lethal could have been. They weren't. <laughs> Just see what was up. There was a fuck Jeff Jarrett. Oh, uh, yeah. Channel oh, wait, wait, wait. FMK. Oh, my God. I just saw by it. Jesse Ozog. <laughs> this is for Kate. Colton, Austin, and Mailbox. I think, don't quote me on this. I think Austin is with an E. Whatever. Um, the no, question remains. With an I'm I'm marrying mailbox. I'm look, it's an inanimate Oof. object. I don't have to have a sexual relationship with it. I don't have to deal with either of these two clowns' personalities. Marrying mailbox, absolutely killing Colton. I'll fuck Austin because at least he's fucking trying in there. Now, now see here. Here's where I'm gonna go on that. I would kill Colton. Agreed. Nobody asked you. But I would marry. I would marry Austin, and I'd fuck the mailbox because the mailbox always delivers. Touche. Okay. Enjoy well, fucking a mailbox. Wouldn't be the first time. 
We'll have to see what happens uh, with this whole story next week. Uh, Shirley, I think most do of us we? believe. Yes. Do we have to see what happens? Don't call me Shirley. Next week? Yes. I got to throw my TV out the window like one of those crazy Dallas Cowboys fans who are running over their TVs with cars after they lost. That's I me. Mean, that's not staged at all. No, it's extremely authentic, as is my rage about wrestling. They should, should have know. thrown you overboard. They should know at this point, if you're a Dallas fan, you're never going to win with Dak. You're not. You should know Ain't that. Happened. Ain't uh, happened. A few pieces of news and notes, guys. Uh, while you were on the boat, you may not have seen this, but uh, we did get a name for uh, Face Paint Jones uh, in the uh, Mogul Affiliates. It's not Face Paint Jones? It's not. What is Anybody? it? I already hated them, and now Face Paint Jones isn't even his name? I hate them even more! She shot out of a cannon here at the end. Uh, His name (laughs) is Trench. Trench? Yeah, that's right. Oh my god, be a bigger fucking dork! These guys suck. I gotta admit, that name fucking sucks. (laughs) What name would you give a heater like that guy? I don't know, but Trench? I'm digging a trench, guys. His weird face tattoos? Listen, I don't write them. I just read them. I would call him Face Paint Jones. It's great. Oh, yes. My name's Hole in the Ground. <laughs> His name's Trench. I haven't even seen him wrestle. Is his wife named Mariana? Maybe. I don't know if he's married. Uh, guys, Bloomberg published an article that uh, covered Tony Khan's sort of pro wrestling rise um, and uh, the sort of battle between WWE and AEW. And there was a, a story in there that was pretty interesting about uh, Brian Danielson and uh, something that uh, that Vince McMahon asked him about AEW. The article said, at WWE headquarters in Stamford, Connecticut, ex- uh, executives monitored their new competitors' progress and wondered aloud what to do. Brian Danielson, one of WWE's top stars, says that in early 2020, McMahon called him and asked a question that shocked the wrestler. Quote, do you see anything that AEW is doing better than us? End quote. Danielson at home on paternity leave spent the next two weeks watching every morsel of AEW programming and came to a conclusion. AEW committed more time uh, to more time. Excuse me. AEW committed more time to and placed more value on the craft of fighting in the ring, WWE shows were often marked by long segments of characters on the microphone and short matches. Quote, it feels like you're watching a wrestling show without any wrestling, Danielson told McMahon. Just a tidbit. Pretty interesting. Still and, accurate. Uh, I, I don't know. Honestly, I don't, I don't watch the product, but... Um, it's funny that even at that time, Danielson could see, like, here's what's going on. Especially for a dude who just so obviously just loves to go. Like, that guy gets up and he's like, I want to wrestle a match today. That guy loves the actual wrestling part so much that, yeah. like, of course he was like, you know what would be helpful is if we actually fucking wrestled. Yeah, Absolutely. <laughs> Something else that came out, uh, Maria Kanellis uh, underwent uh, thyroid surgery. Uh, she put a picture out uh, on Instagram or Twitter, one of those. I think it was uh, Instagram. Uh, and she said that uh, 
Today I'm getting thyroid surgery. This was, by the way, on like the third, the second or the third. So she's since had the surgery. But she said, today I'm getting thyroid surgery to remove to remove half my thyroid, which includes a nodule. I've been having symptoms for the past two and a half years. Heart racing, trouble with weight loss, skin changes, exhaustion, mood changes, sore throat, anxiety, period changes, raspy voice, trouble swallowing, brain fog, calcium deficiency, amongst others. But with having two kids, the pandemic and multiple times being fired, I just didn't have the time to really focus on it. Now my doctors told me there are abnormal cells, which could turn cancerous and a possibility of causing AFib, which is a heart condition. So with the full support of AEW, it's time. Thank you to Tony Khan, Mega, and CD, that's uh, Christopher Daniels, for the support. And of course, thank you to my wonderful husband, Mike Bennett, for and my amazing mother for helping us through this time. Recovery is supposed to be about two weeks for the incision and about a year for the hormones to balance. I can work after two weeks with no restrictions. I will keep you posted. And with her photo, she said, here is a photo pre-thyroid surgery scar. Ha ha. So that could be part of the reason we haven't seen a whole lot of Maria Kanellis uh, in AEW or Ring of Honor. I mean, I know that, you know, we hadn't seen a lot of Mike and, and uh, Matt Taven in the kingdom, but uh, could be part of the reason she's she hasn't been so present. But um, look, there's a lot of people that want to see Maria Kanellis on their television. You know what I mean? For oh, yes. the fact that she's really good at her job and for the fact that she's fucking so dreamy. Did I um did I tell you guys about Maria Canellis and Baby Money? No. I think you did, but say it again. I don't All think right. so. That Here's I the, it's a it's a very quick story. Gina Mrs. Money was um watching wrestling, or maybe she wasn't watching wrestling, and and the baby had asked baby, he's five. Uh, but he asked, uh, G to, if he could watch wrestling. So I think, uh, Gina was in Peacock, uh, or like he was watching something on Peacock. So she just knew that the network was there. So she put it on and she was purposely was looking for, uh, I guess like a Tony Nese match or something like that from his time. In the <laughs> of course she was. And I guess, um, whatever match it was maybe was with Mike Bennett and Maria Canellis was there. So baby money goes he sees her and goes who's that and she's like, oh, it's maria canellis and he's like she at the time i guess she had really bright red hair he's like she's got red hair and mom was like yeah uh, or uh, mom gina was like yeah and he was like is there more of her it's <laughs> like in love with maria oh canellis. my gosh i love it I get Thunder it. Rosa better watch out, man. Yeah. Yeah. She got uh, injured he's and in love with disappeared from screen. Thunder Rosa slipping away out of baby money's babes rankings. That's it. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I guess she had surgery. I guess all was well since we haven't really heard anything. So uh, hopefully things work out for Maria Canellis because you're right, Kate. I'd like to see more of her on television. But I will say this, having seen her in person with you and Millionaire Matt, at that hotel bar, she is more stunning in person, Ryan, Lord. than TV oh, I've seen her person. Do any justice. Were you there? Oh, yeah. I'm, no, I was still in Philly, but it was. That's right. In Philly. Dear yeah. Lord. Stunning. Gorgeous. I mean, literally like a room stopper. If you didn't, you know, 
Yeah, like, like she was. Like when Jamie Hader appeared on on the last cruise, I was I was like everything just turned into like an eighties rom com. Like like there wasn't wind in her hair, but there was, and then like a fuzzy pink border appears and time stops. Like she's that that pretty where it's like she walks in the room and you're just like everything turns into slow motion. Yeah. It was it's wild. Um moving on to notes on Adam Cole. Uh Adam Cole did thank you. He did a uh he did uh a uh uh a segment with uh Wrestling Observer Radio uh and he was talking about his injury. He said uh that um Basically, he tore his labrum and strained his rotator cuff while warming up for Hangman uh, for the Hangman page match at Revolution. Then he was concussed while facing Samoa Joe at Double or Nothing. And the forbidden door was the worst of the three times that he was injured. He said he took a bump where he felt a little weird and it wasn't anyone's fault. It was a normal bump. I remember thinking, okay, that felt a little strange. And about 30 seconds go by. And then it's like I have no recollection or memory of what I'm supposed to do or what happened in the match. The memory stuff is the really, really scary part to me when you're in the middle of a ring and there's thousands of people around you uh, and I have no idea what I'm supposed to be doing. That was really scary. So I knew pretty early on after my memory started going that something was wrong. Um, and he said, you know, while, of course, any head injury is scary, um, the last one was particularly, particularly scary. Um, the symptoms, he said, were more severe, but they developed and worsened over time. He said the crazy thing was after even a month, it was like that's when real serious side, side effects started happening. Everything I said in my return in ring promo that I did, all of that was true and more. There was a lot of stuff that was happening very late into the healing process or what I thought was late, like a month and a half or two months. Um, He also said that he was genuinely nervous and really afraid that I might be told I'm not allowed to wrestle again. For me, I have a tendency lots of times where when I get bad news, I just assume the worst I mentally prepare myself to go, OK, I'm going to have to deal with this new chapter of my life. Of course, I had the hope and dream of being able to get back in there. But just when all the news I was getting, uh, just with all the news I was getting, how I was feeling, I'm like, oh, my God, I can't be in a car for more than 15 minutes. And it's been two months. How am I ever going to get into a wrestling ring again? I did have a genuine fear of I don't know if I'm going to be able to do this. I'm 33 years old and I'm not even close to wanting to be done with wrestling yet. So it was scary. He also credited AEW for ensuring that he had excellent medical care. Um, and he said that he's almost ready to return to the ring. Um, he said that um, a test he failed earlier in the process, he said, I scored so poorly they were uh, that there was a concern of whether or not I could even drive. But he's now passed all of it with flying colors. He said, not only did I meet the average, but I exceeded the average when I saw that. And the reaction from the doctor I was working with, her excitement as well. I'm like, oh, my God, we're going to do this. We're going to make this happen. I'm going to be able to make get back into the ring. So the one test I had to take for my brain when I eventually passed that test, that was so, so incredible to get that news at any point. Because, again, you're scared about losing the thing that you love most. So that was the point where I was like, OK, we're going to make this happen. This is going to work. So pretty interesting. Um 
interview with uh, Wrestling Observer from Adam Cole because I didn't know a lot of this. I mean, we just heard the aim ring. Nobody did, yeah. Um, so it's really <laughs> scary to hear that his his symptoms got worse like a month and a half to two months after the injury. But clearly he's doing much better and he says he's close to getting back in the ring. So that's great news. Well, if you consider he was feeling off early in the match and then that ending spot where everybody thought it happened right on top of it like thank god he didn't keep wrestling after that match because if he was getting symptoms like two months later like that seems really really not good so glad he's on his way back glad he is able to return but man scary shit scary shit and in the same uh, in the same interview, uh, there was mention of Kyle O'Reilly. Um, and for those who don't remember, Kyle O'Reilly has been sidelined since June of last year. He underwent uh, fusion surgery in September. Uh, and last month on Instagram, he did post um, he did put up a post that was focused on how he's been uh, managing his type one diabetes during the recovery process. So he deals with that, too. I had no idea. Um but uh, he said he also had a post-surgical issue. He'll talk. He'll talk more about in the future. Um, uh, and he had said that it caused him a lot of frustration. Uh, and to end 2022, uh, dealing with anger and confusion. Um, and, and that's what he said. He was sort of dealing with at the end of the year. So um, um, uh, Cole did say that he's doing good. Kyle's doing really well. Again, he's in a situation now where he's working so hard to make sure that he gets healthy as soon as possible. Uh, he, he can possibly uh, can, but at the same time, making sure that he doesn't rush back. Kyle was really banged up and it got to the point where he kind of couldn't take it anymore. I'm glad that he got fixed up and he got healthy and he's recovering day by day. Early in the, on in the process, I think he was really discouraged because there was so little that he was able to do. <clears throat> but now as time goes on and he's starting to be able to do more and more in therapy and rehab and stuff like that, you see the excitement and the wheels turning on him already thinking about how he can't wait to get back. He's in good spirits and he's got lots of people around him with uh, who love him a lot. So there's been no timetable on his return, but he did put up another more recent Instagram post over, I think the weekend um, where there was a video of him doing neck strengthening exercises, which looked pretty weird. Uh, but he said, I'm fighting every day to get back into the ring. I appreciate the support and love from everyone helping to will my spirit. I hear you all. So good news on the Kyle O'Reilly front as well. I knew he was pretty banged up. I didn't know how banged up he was. So, um, good news maybe we'll see kyle o'reilly and cole sort of coming back around the same time i would love that because kyle o'reilly uh he had put on like those three absolute banger matches in a row like yeah i feel like everybody was just getting to see what he's capable of in under the AEW umbrella and like stylistically how great he is and then he got right up and injured so i, I would love to get to see him back <clears throat> Uh, and then two quick notes from uh, TK. Um, obviously, there's been all this news about the sale of the E. Um, and there was some news out there about Tony Khan having interest in that. He sort of confirmed that uh, while he was on uh, CBS Radio's Maggie and Perloff show. Uh, but he did sort of mention his interest again on the Mark Hoke show. Um 
he told Hoke when asked if there's any truth to talk, uh, he and his father are trying to purchase WWE. He said, I don't know exactly what will happen there. I've been told, and I think they've said it publicly, that there may be a sale uh, process. And I think if there is a sale process there, certainly I'm interested in it and potentially being involved in it. So we'll have to see what the process is and who exactly they'll let get involved in it. But certainly I'm interested in it very much. Obviously, I think this is just stoking the fires and sort of being trollish. But listen, if you have the opportunity to buy one of the largest companies in you know, your field uh, and get that tape catalog in some way, uh, you would certainly want to be involved in that. If somebody told me you can be part of buying the New York Yankees, even if I'm a minority shareholder, I'm going to probably consider that. Oh, it's such a flex. Such a flex. (laughs) Also, TK uh, did say, too, that um, uh, in speaking with Uproxx about a number of things, um, he was a little bullish when asked about a new contract for AEW shows, um, but he characterized as much more than a TV deal. He said, I expect big increases in the rights for the AEW programs, and we're on a good plate uh, on a good pace to make a very lucrative deal for the AEW media rights going forward. Um, he was also asked about rumors of a streaming deal and Khan touted uh, the quantity and quality of the AEW and Ring of Honor libraries. He said, there's a lot of interest in the library as well as the new weekly content we continue to produce each week. I do think there's a lot of demand for the library and it makes sense for us to try to make that AEW library available to fans all over the world and on demand. Um, He also talked about his plans to run AEW and Ring of Honor separate. Um, And he said, I think the promotions complement each other very well, but I want to run them as separate promotions that exist in the same metaverse of pro wrestling along with new Japan and some of our other partners. So just some of the inner working sort of going on in the brain of cocaine, Tony Khan, there seem to be a lot of things happening, but uh, he seems to think they have a big payday on their way for, uh, for their rights when their deals up, who knows? Uh, that'll get even more lucrative. If WWE does sell to Saudi Arabia, my God, they would be the only, <laughs> right. There's no, they can't, a Saudi Arabian company can't get golf distributed. Um, so I doubt they would want to deal with wrestling. But um, yeah, it's it's wild. Wrestling's in a in a golden age right now, man. Don't a crazy, crazy. It. Yeah, it's in a crazy place. Uh, and there's a ton of stuff going on. Uh, and we also have a ton of stuff going on. So we're going to pull this train into the station, as some of our other pals on Monday nights say. Uh, Kate, you've always got a lot of stuff. Why don't you tell the people where you're going to be? I don't know. I'm on Fightful on YouTube a bunch and on Tuesdays and Fridays and Mondays behind the paywall and doing pay-per-view post shows there as well. And come March, you know where I'm going to be in? Where's that? I'm returning to Excite Wrestling Commentary Desk, baby. Whoa. Do you have a date yet in March? Uh, actually, let me check right now because I want to know how many weeks we've got for me to work in a word. All right, we got I got twenty three skidoo in there. I got yowza yowza in there. We'll accept I've, words or short phrases. Words or short phrases, I would say they have to be zany. Did you get kerfuffle in? 
I think so. Was if, Kerfuffle if like the first one? I think it might have been the first one. If it was suggested, I did it. I'm I, I'm batting a thousand with them. There was the I know one, you are. the one incident where it wasn't recorded. But then I made up for it. So you on did. March 4th, baby, okay. back at Excite Wrestling. Whoa. March 4th. That's the Sunday, March 4th? I think it's a Saturday. Is it Saturday? Is March 5th is Sunday. It's a Saturday. It's March a Saturday. 4th is Saturday. Okay. Yes. They have a show March 3rd, too, but I can't do Fridays. So I was like, wait, if I could do both dates, I will. (laughs) But no, Saturday, March 4th, get your phrases in now. Get your your zaniest suggestions, your quirkiest, your most fun, your most old-timey. We seem to go for 23 Skidoo and Yowza Yowza, which feels like whenever I'm doing my weird 20s salesman voice, my like... (laughs) It's a yep. typewriter, you see? Yowza, yowza. <laughs> yeah. So get them in. We, we have a will, lot of fun uh, at Excite Commentary. And I haven't been there since, like, November. I'm I'm genuinely right. very excited to return. Yeah, well, um, if you have any suggestions, tweet them to us uh, at Mark Order Pod, And we'll put a list together. Ryan, just be on the lookout. Like, okay. in case people send stuff in. We'll put a list together. Maybe we'll go through them here on the air. And then uh, we'll pick a winner. I love that idea. I'm gonna start. I'm gonna start working the voice on this podcast too. I'm gonna talk about what a piece of shit Mike Skyros is. I'm gonna talk about LSG, who we thought was a friend of the show, who's a total dick. All right. We're gonna talk about Big Bill Collier, who was Big Bill before William Morris. He took that name. He's a classy man. We're gonna talk about Sean Carr, the hometown hero. I'm okay. coming for everybody. All right. Well, we'll be on the lookout and send your suggestions to Mark Order Pod on Twitter. And, uh, you know, we'll put a list together. I want to I got to start working on inflections because I want to make it a soundboard like yowza yowza. If I say that during a match and we clipped it, we could like put it as a drop in here. When, oh, do you have a soundboard I don't know about? No, but we should. Well, Matt has one on the rare occasion he stops by. I uh I would like uh I, I would definitely like a board here because I like having faders to control levels. Fair. Especially Fair. for like the intro, the outro and stuff like that. Uh but uh yeah, we'll see. You know what? That goes all back to the way people can support us. And we'll get there in a minute. But Ryan, why don't you tell the people where they can find you? You can find me uh live swing dark and Dark Elevation Mondays and Tuesdays from at Mark Order Pod. And if you're on Twitter right now, you'll have seen that Kevin Durant is now a Phoenix Sun. So, yep, he's gone. I say what? And that's got, that's got, I think, four unprotected first round picks, but they're not going to be high because Phoenix is good. They're going to ship them off. They're not going to save those picks. Unprotected. So, Phoenix looks fucking disgusting now, though. Jesus. Well, all I can tell you is this, that uh, that whole experiment in Brooklyn, fucking failure. Big time. I don't even follow the NBA, and I know that. Um, Well, you know, when, you know, you give a guy, you know, I don't want this coach, I want that coach, and then they don't want that coach anymore, and then they want fucking Kyrie, and that whole thing doesn't work out, you know. 
Whatever. Now I can certainly say he. I thought he had a shot in Brooklyn if he was able to somehow get them a title that he would sort of cement his place as like you know. Listen, I still love him as a player, but if he goes to Phoenix and wins a ring, then that whole argument about him not being the guy to get somebody a ring and being a bit player like he was sort of in Golden State that you can't argue that anymore. But I no, still he's having to go to the Suns and do it again. I would still. I would still pick him as a guy to try to build build an offense around. I just don't think Brooklyn could ever pull it off. Anyway, uh, so Ryan, catch him on Mondays and Tuesdays. And as he said, follow us on Twitter at MarkOrderPod. You can follow us on all of our socials at MarkOrderPod. If you're on the Twitter machine or any other social, you can hit the link tree. We have links to all of our social channels, so you can follow us on all of them. We appreciate you if you do that. Uh, if you don't, we still appreciate you for following us on any of them. But uh, you can support us by getting some free stickers by clicking the link in the link tree to get your free stickers. Give us your full name, your email, your mailing address and the country you live in. And then I will send you out some free marker order podcast stickers um, so you can have those to put wherever you'd like. And like Kate said, we'd love to have a soundboard and a way that you could help support that dream is by heading over to our pro wrestling tea shop and you can order yourself a t-shirt. And uh, you can get there on our link tree. You can also head over to pro wrestling slash Mark order pod, or just go to pro wrestling and you can actually search Mark order podcast. We should pop right up. And we have a couple of these designs that are front print. A couple of them are double sided, which look pretty cool. Uh, So if you want to spend your hard earned dollars on us, uh, we, don't know why, but we greatly appreciate it. And uh, like I said, we we truly do sink the money back into this podcast for stuff we need. So it definitely helps us. Um, and uh, we appreciate you for that. And again, I do call people who order shirts. I have been. Do you? <laughs> I can't I can't argue that my weekends have just fallen apart. Um, so I do owe some phone calls still to people. But if you do order a shirt. I will give you a phone call and thank you personally for ordering a t-shirt. Uh, thanks to everybody who watched along tonight. We had a great group in here tonight. Jesse Ogazog, Cabbage Sensei. Uh, let's see. Gordon Post was in here. Eric Freed's jumped in for a little bit. King of Hueco Mundo. Uh, Josh Robinson was in here for a little bit. So many people. I can't scroll all the way back. If I forgot Asian Joe, of course, if I, forgot you i'm so sorry but we did see you guys chatting along all night and uh talking to each other in the chat uh so we appreciate it rob humphrey too i forgot about rob humphrey uh but um so we thank you guys for watching along if you're listening in podcast form we thank you for that too we greatly appreciate all the listens you give us in podcast form um yes kate Oh, I was just saying, leave a five-star review oh yes of course um we ask if you do listen in podcast form just rate review subscribe that helps us out in the podcast platforms more than you think uh so taking a few minutes definitely helps us out um and if you've never watched us in video form head over to the youtube subscribe yeah we're all really hot like yeah i mean i can't even lie i'm super hot uh it's true matt was here earlier he takes his shirt off sometimes yeah totally not even behind a paywall and, and and I'm telling you, I'm getting to the point where I'm like, I might just do this shirtless after a while. Um, you know, we're working the 450 fit as much as we can. That's it. 
Um, oh, and by the way, uh, say goodbye to the to anything up top because tomorrow it's all coming off, baby. Oh, damn. Yeah. Okay. New year, new me, new look next week. You'll see. I'm into it. Um, Let's go. But if you haven't watched us in video form, head over to YouTube. All the shows are there in uh, in the archives. You can check out all the weird stuff. Uh, the appearances <laughs> by the captain. The appearances by the concerned citizen. The appearances by Ryan the cowboy. He didn't even have a name. He was just dressed up like a cowboy one night. I was just honoring Thunder Rosa. Was it Thunder and Rosa? And Hangman. It was, was Hangman. Saying, no, you're, that was the, hat. the one where you were in full cowboy regalia full cowboy gear was hangman yes hangman (laughs) but ryan does use costuming sometimes um and uh yeah like kate said sometimes matt shows up shirtless so that's also fun and just so you know kate i'm sure you know every time matt comes on now we just try to goad him into taking off his shirt oh yeah like you know i i couldn't remember if you were here for one of those instances but just every time now we just that's got to be the goal let's just try to get that guy get him in trouble with Ray. it's the most fun at least once. Um, so yeah, that's it from us here tonight, guys. Uh, of course, uh, we will be back next Wednesday night after Dynamite to talk about all things AEW. And um, we thank you all for listening. Kate, Ryan, glad to have you back here on dry land. Uh, and so much fun to do this with you again. Although Kyle K. Sparks was great last week. You did have to worry about it. I was seriously considering saying to you guys tonight, we're making a change. Um, so it happens. Just be wow. worried. Just be worried. That's all I want. We got to keep everybody on their game. You know, it's just like when my mom asked me when I go over there for dinner, how was dinner? I was like, it was okay because you know, we got to keep making it. sure we're striving to the top. You know what I'm saying? I appreciate it, but I just want you to remember who was not here at the last dynamite of the year of 2022. But I was here for all uh, 51 other Dynamites. Nope. You were on vacation that one time. You skipped to go to Connecticut. 49 then. 49. I was here for the other 49 weeks. That we can think of. We're going to call this in the future. We're going to call it 49 weeks. We're just going to bite off. (laughs) And Conrad. All right, guys, that's it. We're done. Tune in next week. We're inching closer to episode 100. I don't think we're going to have anything special planned, but who knows? Keeping it 100. We'll (laughs) keep it 100. Love you all. We'll talk to you next week here on the Mark Order Podcast. the Mark Order Podcast. We now return you to your regularly scheduled programming. Join the Mark Order.